Hello, it is Tuesday, October 13th. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is back. Yes. We'll be talking to number 12, A-Rod, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. We'll also be talking to Ryan Clark and... Josh McCown. Wow. Mm -hmm. Practice squad quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles who's down there in Texas. We'll be chatting with all of them and more. Everything happening in the world, including a big Tuesday night football matchup. And it's not Maction. It's the NFL. We'll talk about Bills, Titans, and everything happening in the world. We can't thank you enough for joining us today. Remember, if you like this show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't like this show after listening, just act like it never, ever, ever happened. Let's get to it. Last night, what Justin Herbert is doing is awesome. Three of his offensive linemen are down. See you later. Don't have them. Doesn't matter. The guy just isn't rattled ever. He's played against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. These are the three people that he's had to battle against. Now, granted, Drew Brees was not rushing the passer last night, and Tom Brady was not playing safety or anything like that. But in these marquee games, it feels like Herbert does not even rattle one bit. He's making plays that are 60 yards down the field like it's nothing. He's rolling out of the pocket like a freak athlete at the size that he has. And it feels like he's hitting targets like we saw in hard knocks that are very small and boom, would have never ever guessed that. Now he's a small town kid out of Oregon and people didn't know how he would handle the NFL limelight. I want to tell you, I think he's handling it just fine. He might be actually the perfect person for Los Angeles. He's super chill, seems to be relaxed, always has this poise and his confidence about him. But then when his teammates score he celebrates like hell which i absolutely love they have a guy going forward and tyrod taylor's unlucky streak continues here and i think that was an incredibly difficult decision by anthony lynn especially because their own doctors did it to tyrod taylor and tyrod taylor does not deserve any of the things that have happened i would like that to be known we're on team tyrod taylor's team here but when you see how justin herbert is playing you can't help but think did Miami get it right down there with Tua? Uh -oh. Because Herbert, although he is not one, which a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he's completely defeated or whatever. It's like last night, could have, should have, probably would have won the game if a lot of different situations happened. Now, Drew Brees marched down there at the end, and Taysom Hill ran one in, and they go to overtime, and Will Lutch just absolutely strokes one, and then a guy gets tackled a half a yard short by Marshawn Lattimore with an incredible tackle. But when you see Justin Herbert play, you immediately think to yourself, for the next 10 years, the Los Angeles Chargers have got a guy. Maybe more than 10 years. And he's not just getting killed like Joey Burrow is. And we've seen him play, unlike what we've seen out of Tua, who's just been the Fitz magical year. I'm not saying Tua isn't going to be great. I'm just saying, right now, you have to think that the Los Angeles Chargers, who just sat back and watched everybody else do the draft picking and the options and the choosing, they got a chance to get a guy that I think a lot of people doubted. And all he has done is fucking dominate. The guy is really, really good. I, I love that he's in there. There's rumors that a lot of coaches really loved him and were thinking about trading up to go get him but weren't able to make a trade. I mean, there's a lot of conversation revolving around Justin Herbert, and I don't think he knows about any of it. It feels like Justin Herbert has no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. He's just playing the football. Keenan Allen, obviously, is stud. Hunter Henry's a stud. That team potentially built for the future, but... They're in a very difficult division, so who knows how that's going to play out. I loved watching Herbert last night, and good news for football fans, it's not 
just that it's Tuesday night football, and I know Maction, you know, carries some weight <laughs> on Tuesday nights and gamble on the Mac and everything like that. We got NFL football oh, yeah. tonight. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. We got NFL football tonight that we'll talk about. Last what? night was a great game. Tonight, the Buffalo Bills traveled to the Tennessee Titans, who haven't played in a little bit because of a COVID outbreak in their facility Ooh. in front of 9,000 fans, by the way. 9,000 people in Nashville go from the pedal bars right into the stadium huh. to watch the Buffalo Bills and MVP candidate Josh Allen play against... Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the boys who haven't had a game in a couple weeks and maybe be a bit rested. Or has there been so much drama out of that building that they're completely fucked against the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> That'll be the conversation we figure out today. All the boys are here at Tone Diggs. Tone Diggs, is there any way you're leaning tonight in the gambling world for this Buffalo Bills-Tennessee Titans game? And did last night go anywhere near how you thought it would go last night? Well, yeah. I mean, you, I, Gumpy. Well, I mean, we were all in the Chargers. We all knew, of us. We knew where it was going. And he's the best because, like, and a young quarterback, he's not afraid to make a play. Uh, he's he's not afraid of the bright lights. Like he's his strong, his arm and accuracy are incredible. I mean, Herbert going forward, very, very, good. very, very bright. Yeah. As far as tonight, uh, I think that number is going to go from three and a half to three. And as soon as it does, I am going to jump on the Bills just because I think they are the better football team. And they're minus three and a half right now mm -hmm. on the road against the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. We forget here because they haven't played. Hey. That's a really good football team. Good football yeah. team. That's a really good football That's team. That's a good football team. Josh Allen, a quarterback, MVP candidate, people are saying. Seriously. Now, it seems to be a one-horse race there at the top of the MVP thing, but in the conversation, Josh Allen here, in just his third year or fourth year, he's only getting better. Third year. Third year. Third year. Third year. He's only getting better. First year, second year got better. Second mm -hmm. year this year he got better. Had his first 300-yard game. Had a few of them, a slew of them. I mean, he is playing great football. Let's not talk about the Buffalo Bills defense playing good ball. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are a very good team. But the Tennessee Titans, having being off a week and not allowed in their building, will that affect them? Or are they such a basic offense where it's run, play, action, that it really won't affect them that much? And their defense seems to be one that is uh, mentally tough, especially with Vrabel and the boys running it down there. Will the off and not being allowed to be in their facility affect them? We will find out tonight on Tuesday night NFL football I think something that makes a difference too is like the Bills have beaten the Rams the Bills have beaten the Raiders who you know seem to be decent teams yeah. uh the Titans have beaten the Broncos the Jaguars and Vikings I mean it's not I mean you play who you, who's on the schedule but not as hard as what the Bills schedule has been and they're also the undefeated and they team. haven't been able to practice mm. which mm -hmm. I think is a rather large part because you get better at practice I think unless practice is just a big joke I do believe practice matters and they haven't been able to practice the Buffalo Bills have been able to that seems to be problematic even though there'll be nine thousand Tennessee Titan Ooh. fans spitting COVID and obscenities <laughs> all over each other oh, in the stands tonight I like the Buffalo Bills here early. I could come off of that as the show goes on, but I like the Bills at minus three and a half. Fuck it, I'll take it. At Boston Connor, how you feeling, bub? I feel fantastic. I actually like the Titans tonight because I saw Ooh. Dick Maziano on ESPN went ahead and took the Bills. <laughs> so I like the freshest Derrick Henry that we've seen. Maybe even throw a little him to score three touchdowns. Tonight. It wasn't wow. just Richard Maziano, too. It was <laughs> the entire crew on Get yeah, Up this morning. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And by the way, we're all leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. We're all leaning towards the Buffalo Bills this morning. And then we watch Get Up every morning because I'm a big fan of Greeny. I love the research that they do over there. I think you can learn a lot from that show if you have to host a daily show that show is very good at finding information yeah. doing mm -hmm. things like that i enjoy get up we watch it literally every single morning and at the end of the show they did like a game day countdown pick them segment you know as if like sunday nfl countdown where they have it all or game day where they have it all yep. and right across the bottom of the screen there all you saw was just one buffalo after another and it was like wait a minute this feels like if all these sons of bitches are thinking it and we're thinking it that means a lot of people are probably thinking it yeah 
And no chandeliers, and those casinos don't don't come from everybody thinking one thing and winning no, on a regular no, basis. Nope. So that is strictly why you're going for the Titans. There's no other logical reason other than the fact that Maziano and the boys at Get Up just said the Buffalo Bills are going to win in a unanimous decision. Well, and Vrabel hasn't been on a football field for what two weeks. I mean, we see this guy doing push-ups on the sideline just week after week. If he hasn't been, you know, on the field for two weeks, he might bring a full plate out there and just start benching doing the whole damn thing <laughs> oh you're saying eat i thought you were gonna say he was gonna start eating mm-hmm. out there well he, he might he might as well but do you that. meant weight as in weight plate. training yeah out there. yeah bring okay. some plates maybe even a bar he'd do some squats i don't know whatever Vrabel's feeling <laughs> as long as he has boxing gloves and a mask on i think all anybody mm-hmm. cares about coming out of that tennessee titans organization i do believe tennessee titans have um the least amount of national respect from fans across the league. Because Absolutely. I do believe a lot of diehard NFL fans turned on the Tennessee Titans whenever they almost took down the entire season. Yeah, without yeah. a question. And people started yeah. hating them very quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's going to happen to another team. And the Titans just kind of have to, you know, wear that burden for a while until it happens somewhere else. But Tennessee Titans are no longer uh, a team that people are cheering for. Not that I'm saying they ever were, but I think there's a lot of people ho- hoping that the team from Buffalo rumbles, stumbles, and beats the hell out of them for their punishment for breaking the COVID protocols that yeah. we don't even know if they did yet or not. Hey, and no. I like that. Titans versus the world, baby. Here we go. Let's just give the ball to Derrick Henry and let's see what he can do. And that guy, by the way, maybe a couple-week break, he's back better than ever Bingo. and ready to just run over everybody. Everybody? Everybody. At Ty Schmidt, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Got to feel pretty damn good. It does. You know, I'm excited to see how his body's feeling after the bye week, uh, what he thinks about Tampa moving forward and like you said i just want to know what he's what he's doing on the bye week you know what did he do uh, not allowed to leave he has to get tested at the facility every single day so you can't leave town mm-hmm. there's a lot of restrictions on the bye week that don't really make it a bye week now we're going to talk to a guy who knew it was a bye week got to spend it as a bye week what did he do what did he watch what did he learn what film maybe he went back and watched 2010 oh, see, that's what i'm thinking maybe watch the playoff film from that year or something i don't know if, if i know raj i think he probably was watching film like 18 19 hours of the day yeah. Is that right? Probably. You, 18, 19 hours. It, mm-hmm. The Aaron Rodgers that comes on our show. Mm-hmm. I would assume so, actually. I think so. I think that's all he did. Maybe snuck in a, a little room for a documentary, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a series, a funny series, a, mm-hmm. a comedic series. Probably this show every Probably. day. Probably. Yeah, this show every day for sure. So that's three hours, 18, 19. He's got about two hours left there. Maybe watch a doc or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe like sneak in you know, a quick meal or something like that. Yeah, because he has been looking yeah. in incredible shape. Yeah. Yes. He is. Excited yes. to talk to him. Uh, at Viva Lazito, I mentioned your poll earlier about yes. uh, year one point. or year two quarterback. If you had to build a franchise around, and it's not just like you lose your job at the team stage. You die you actually lose your mm-hmm. life yeah and what is the poll saying on the internet uh right now denny dimes 1.1 percent oh, uh man. justin herbert 37.9 joey burrow 37.3 kyle murray 23.7 so this is an interesting result we're at about four thousand votes already into this thing so if you want to go at viva lazito to figure out or put your make your voice be heard yeah Kyler Murray is a little bit lower than it would have been if this was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But also, it feels like he came back against the Jets. But everybody's like, well, it's just the Jets. Who cares? So I think the the jury is still very much out on Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray's upside, by the way, is potentially higher than – I don't know. Because Herbert can move too. So yeah. I, I yeah. actually – but Kyler Murray, what he was doing to professional athletes was something that not a lot of humans have done. Herbert – playing the quarterback position potentially has the highest upside here. And Joey Burrow, if he doesn't, you know, lose his head over there in mm-hmm. Cincinnati from just getting 
killed every single day. I think this is a very good. Hey, this is a good poll by you, Evie. Thank you. Yeah. And I see you're wearing a shirt there. Are you uh, part oh, yeah. of that college game day? It's a college game day Home Depot shirt. No wow. big deal. How'd wow. you get that? You get that? Uh, it's because I sometimes set up the cameras for them and they felt like giving back to me. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. So you work for college game day? Basically, but they haven't given me a Traeger grill yet, though. So I'm waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> geez. By the way, Traeger, I don't know if you listen. This whole office is begging for a. Begging. Uh, but we're way past the free product stage of life. So mm-hmm. that is just going to be kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, maybe work a deal. Hey, got a free oh. shirt. I mean, Did get a free shirt, but yeah. it wasn't from Traeger. It was from nah, Home, Home Depot. Depot. Oh, maybe a Home shit. Depot gift card. Oh, we're taking free stuff. By the way, yeah. are there Traegers at Home Depot? Probably. I think so. Oh, see? oh, that's a combo deal. <laughs> Look at you, Zito. <laughs> Zito, you... I think you should put on your resume college game day uh, producer. Yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. EP. I think every Saturday when I come in here, except for this past one, because it was your birthday and all that yeah. shit. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you, game day, for giving me a day off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zito comes in like 7 30, in the morning, has to set up all the cameras, sit here, and just make sure the connection's there. And Nick right. had to fill in for him this past week. Nick did a great job. He did not get a shirt. Though. Oh, that's tough. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry, Nick. Nick did not Ooh, get a sorry, shirt. Right. Had Nick Moraldo got no shirt Yikes. there. Uh, what else is new? <laughs> Joining us now is a man who is a national champion and a Super Bowl champion, Mr. AJ Hawk. Yeah. AJ, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. How you feeling? What are we going to talk to him about? He doesn't have a game. How's this going to go, you think? You mean he, he didn't have a game is what you're saying? Yeah, he didn't have a game that we can break down and maybe ask him if he said, Hard count! <laughs> said hot. What do, we, uh, what do you think today is going to uh, consist of? I, I don't know. I mean, because it wasn't a normal bye week for him either, so he, he, you're not allowed to leave town. Yeah, he had to get tested, I believe, in the building too. So I want to ask him about that, obviously. I'd like to talk to him about, you know, I mentioned it to him last week, and I tried to do it in a fun joshing way, you know, hey, just <laughs> joshing. But it seems to be gaining a little bit of steam. The bubble um, <laughs> conversation oh. in the NFL is starting to heat up. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And now there's numerous people talking about a potential playoff bubble for the NFL. I'm excited to hear his thoughts on that and how that'll go. And also, maybe anything that he's watching or reading at the time. Ooh. to kind of take his time or his mind off of football if there's anything there. Yeah. Why are you so interested in what he is watching and reading? Just because I, he and I had a conversation off air. It was one of our only conversations we ever had off air. And I told him he, sh- he has to watch Ted Lasso. You know, like, hey, you have to watch Ted Lasso. The show, there's no reason for the show to be as good as it is. And then you watch it and you get into episode two and episode three and you're like, this was a commercial. I can't believe this show is so damn good. And I asked him, he said he, he hadn't had time to watch it, maybe bye week, but I would like to chat with him how he spent his time. Speaking of, ladies and gentlemen, a man coming off of a bye week, an undefeated quarterback in the NFL from Butte County, California, by way of the Green Bay Packers, ladies and gentlemen, quarterback, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! 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 Sorry, it's a good shirt. I don't know. I don't know if hey, that's a really good shirt. I appreciate you, you for wearing that. It's good for Thanks, kickers, man. punters, and everybody. Who, uh, who is this on here? Was this modeled after you or? Yeah, both those are me. And then down to you bottom, Benetieri and. Uh... 
Now look, look look at those quads down to bottom. That's John Dornboss, the magician. I don't know if he knows that, and he's probably going to sue us now. But that he was the most a-looking long snapper that we could find on the internet. So I mean, we appreciate John Dornboss for being the A in the brand. I appreciate you for wearing that. How was the bye week? You weren't allowed to leave. You weren't allowed to do anything. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I was not allowed to leave. I had the COVID test. I had the COVID test every morning, just like all of our guys. And- I think the positive thing i heard you talking before i got on here about the bubble talk again positive thing was you know there's all this worry about oh my god guys are getting free time and what are they going to be doing and we had zero testing Green that's what yeah! about. it's going to take all of us aaron it's going to take all of us takes all of us yeah <laughs> you're right on brand there pat yeah <laughs> thank you i appreciate that hey pat make sure you gotta tell him to vote right Does, yeah, 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 make sure yeah. yeah make sure you vote listen if you don't vote not have an aaron Rodgers tuesday ever again okay make sure you vote are we not doing the show because isn't, isn't the you know it's on first tuesday in november right so we're just gonna skip this show oh, no, 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 no 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 vote in the morning vote in the morning yeah in the yeah, morning or, or after whenever just just make sure you vote aaron it's a big <laughs> deal you have to vote the so did you have to go into the facility to get tested or did they come to you and if that's the case what there really wasn't a bye week then if you're going into the facility every single day yeah, well the, the trailers are outside of the facility they're directly outside the facility within you know a uh, short little uh, onside kick, you know, cool. I like from what the you did front uh, front door of the building. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was at the facility every single day, uh, testing. Um, I took some uh, some time. I took a few days off of uh, of uh, all, you know, workouts and everything, which just to make it feel more like a bye week, even though I went into the facility. Smart. I think that was important. Um, but as usual, Pat, you know this age, you know. Coaches love a lot of things. Not many things more than that bonus Monday practice <laughs> after a bye week. You know? Oh, yeah. When all that grinding hard work that they've done over that uh, that week shows up and you get to see what they've been, what they've been working on. You know? Is it a day so. for you guys to, to get back to the basics, get back to the fundamentals, and just kill each other for two and a half hours? Well, you know, this was not uh, not quite – some of the ones that we were accustomed to age over the years that might have been, you know, full pads. And before they made some of the rules about, you know, a certain number of padded practices, I think it's like 14 now we can have. This Monday often was a full full padded uh, two-hour, uh, you know. We had to show, uh, you know, our toughness, which, you know, Mike's from Pittsburgh. I know you have a soft spot there, Pat. Oh, yeah. That, that grit and toughness that comes from Pittsburgh. So we had some – the bonus Mondays are pretty pretty rough. This was an hour practice. It was a lot shorter. Um, you know, it wasn't the uh, same type of intensity that we've had over the years. What was it, self-eval? Is that a self-evaluation, what we can work on? Or is it strictly going into next week, just a bonus week of practice or a bonus day of practice going into this week? No, I think it's more of just, just cleaning some things up from the first four weeks for us. So we ran some plays. Uh, it was a lot of ones-on-ones, so it's stuff against our defense to wear the stuff that they need to work on stuff that we want to work on on offense coming out of the bye and the self scout. Um, it, again, it wasn't that much, you know, we probably had uh, 25 or 30 uh, uh, offensive plays. Um, so it wasn't like a ton of stuff, a lot of individual uh, drill work, you know, it's kind of knocking the, the proverbial rust off, I guess. So. so do you guys stink? Like, what did you realize when the self evaluation, you're undefeated. There's a lot to work on still. We're only going to get better here. Well, it's, it's, you know, I said after the game, you know, the, the 
we all love winning. I mean, you know, as a players organization, everybody loves winning. But coaches always like holding that little, like, well, we're just not quite playing our best yet. You know, there's still some stuff to work on. <laughs> you know, just those little adages that, uh, that they can kind of, you know, stick in their, their cigarette pocket and hold for later. <laughs> you know, need to, need to remind us we're not that good. You know, it's that whole, like, you know, film doesn't lie stuff. It's never as great as it looks. It's never as good as it feels. You know, it's never as terrible as it feels, you know, right after the game. Um, I think that's, you know, that actually is true, but it also works in the favor of the coaches because even when you, you know, play a game, you feel like it's a complete game. They're always like, well, you know, you're only four out of five in the red zone. And you're, <laughs> you know, you're six of 11 on third down, so you, you didn't get five of those guys. You know, we can't get to too confident now here, you know, with those percentages, even though those would lead the league at the end of the year. Like, <laughs> we, we got to hold something over your head here. Yeah. That's kind of the way it goes. And that's, I think that's good that you never want to be complacent, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta enjoy the, the little things that winning too. I agree. Wait, why do you think coaches have such a tough time? I, I and let me know if you think this is true when you're winning and you're playing very well, I feel like coaches get, more nervous each week. Like you're 4-0 now. I feel like each week they're getting more and more nervous, and they're gonna tell you how terrible you are because they want to like knock you down, you know, take you down a peg, as my grandpa says. Do you, do you notice that? <laughs> hey, do you, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of conversations over the years about this. I just think that's part of it. I think there's there's anxiety that goes with uh, with both the the spectrums, you know, the uh, the winning and losing, you know, because it can become a, a routine or a habit. Um, and often that's when the complacency or on the flip side, the apathy kind of sets in. So when you're winning, the complacency, uh, can set in. I mean, it doesn't set in for guys who, you know, take care of themselves mentally and have a good approach and kind of uh, stick to the routine. Um, but I think it's more just coach talk a lot of times, you know, they always, they got to harp on something. And when you're winning, they harp on, you know, don't get complacent. Uh, and it's just kind of again something they can keep in their in their little black book of coachingisms that they can say at different times during the week. The cliches of coaches are the best. I mean, I just control the controllables. Okay, we're gonna have our blinders on. All right, <laughs> listen, we're gonna do what we do for all all that we can do for sixty minutes here. Nobody can say anything. And then whenever you win, we can't get complacent. Obviously, when you're at the top of the mountain, the only place you can go is down. How are you gonna stay up here? Nobody knows. I mean, that all that type of stuff is just insane. <laughs> what you said in there was interesting. You said though, you gave a uh, quote about people mentally who are either healthy or in the same space. A couple weeks ago, you gave us a quote about you looking at yourself to become the best version of yourself. And revolves around love do you still after a week off and maybe the routine getting changed a little bit there are you still in a great mental space and did you watch anything like maybe ted lasso during the bye week to help that entire thing out i didn't watch ted lasso oh, oh, come on, come on. Unbelievable. don't vote aaron out. hey don't vote don't vote on that tuesday now that i think about it <laughs> No doubt. Okay. <laughs> the reverse thing right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think if you make the decision not to watch Ted Lasso, you shouldn't decide who runs our country. But, oh, what, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Directly related there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you watch? Did you watch anything cool? You know what, Pat, I know that, you know, you're a big uh, WE fan, so you got, you know, your shows you got to watch during the week. Yeah. But I would recommend to you, um, I know AJ watches next to nothing on TV. He watches, like, YouTube uh, videos of... You know, Ultimate Warrior going on uh, the Arsenio Hall show and stuff like that from the 90s. But um, Chuck Berry? I did not watch hardly oh, any TV over the over the bye. Now the bye felt like you know it was just really Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so I I watched probably a combined 45 minutes of television. 
um, during those uh, those four days. I I was out in nature, just uh, hanging out in a in a you know in a tent in uh, in nature, just uh, camping on my own property. You camped out on your own property during the bye week? Yeah, I'm kidding about that. Not oh kidding. my <laughs> God! The internet would well, argue. I was, you know, I was out and about. I was enjoying the, uh, enjoying the elements, uh, uh, getting to some reading and relaxing. And I just didn't didn't want to didn't want to watch a whole lot of TV. I wanted to just kind of let my mind rest. I appreciate that and respect that. Did you get a chance to watch the game last night, though? The Monday Night Football game between Drew and Justin Herbert. And what are your thoughts on Justin Herbert being in an interesting situation as a young quarterback? He looks like he's got it, that guy. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of that. Uh, it was on for a little bit with the sound off, um, which is, you know, how I've watched a lot of games on ESPN over the last few years. You have issues with everybody at ESPN or just certain people? Like, who is it? Certain, I like a lot of people at ESPN. I really do. I love Kenny Mayne. Kenny's one of my all-time favorites. Love Kenny as well. Um, no, but uh, you know, I enjoy uh, I enjoy watching uh, watching football. I enjoy watching you know some Thursday night stuff and and Sunday night and Monday night. But I enjoy also listening to you know music during the games and not necessarily all the commentary at times. But uh, as far as Justin, I mean, I enjoy watching him <laughs> in college. He comes from the greatest. Uh, the greatest conference, the Conference of Champions, as Bill Walton uh, loves to say all the time, the Pac-12. It used to be the Pac-10. Before that, it was the Pac-8. Yeah, Pat, Conference of Champions. Still so still a conference, too, by the way. Hey, still, yeah. still a conference, still playing football, that Conference of Champions. Hey, don't take that away from you your answer. You could only dream about, about calling the game of Bill Walton, by the way. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm that not... would be amazing. Right. I would love that, to have you three. Uh, <laughs> You on the play-by-play and AJ and Bill going back and forth. So. <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be quite the tandem. Um, but no, I, was, I enjoyed watching him in college. Big arm. Um, you know, it seemed like last night, like I said, didn't see the whole game, but it seemed like he was making uh, some, some pretty amazing throws. I think he had four touchdowns and no picks. Uh, they've lost, I saw a stat this morning, like 13 games by... One score. One score, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's tough. You know, it, it's what is that, Aaron? Um, you know, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's it's offense sometimes not being able to score in the two minute or it's defense not being able to stop them in the two minute. It's uh you know, like last night, you know, they moved the ball down. Um yeah, big receiver had a big kick, I saw that late in the game. Or a big big catch and then, you know, the kicker missed it by a couple inches, you know. If that's a couple inches more inside the post, it probably nicks it and goes in, and they win the game. You know, it's just uh, just how it goes sometimes. The game of inches, as you know, Patrick. And uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he started off, you know, throwing the ball really well. I feel bad for Tyrod. I've known Tyrod for a lot of years. I think he's one of the NFL good guys, um, and he's you know not had a ton of opportunities to be a long-term starter. Um, so I do feel bad for what happened to him. Um, you know, obviously picking Herbert so high, you know, at some point he's going to be the guy. But, uh, you know, for him to step in the way he has, especially, you know, when he found out five minutes before game time he was going to start his first his first start. Yeah. He's been pretty impressive. Agreed. Hey, Aaron, do you, do you consider yourself a good talent evaluator? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I do. Really? Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question then because we have all these young quarterbacks playing very well. If you were the GM or owner of a team, which someday you may be, who knows? 
Um, how long do you think it takes until you know if your franchise quarterback is your franchise quarterback? Like, hey, did we hit on this dude? How many games? Could you tell just from a practice? Like, what do you need? I don't know, H. I mean, I think that's a hard question. I think first and foremost, you have to have certain skills. You know, I think uh, you can see a guy on the field. Can I stop you real quick? I think when they were talking about some younger – I've heard them – like when guys come in and play at other places, they'll say something. But supposedly scouts said about you, they're like, well, what did Aaron Rodgers look like his first day of practice? And they're like, he was slinging it. That dude could play. And they knew from the day you walked into Lambeau, hey, this dude is our guy whenever Brett is done. Like, so people knew that with you. Can you tell that with everybody? I mean, I think it just depends on the personality. I think with some guys, probably so. I mean, it's it's how you step in the huddle. It's your control. It's a moxie. It's confidence. But there's just some things you kind of boxes. I feel like you have to check. And and one of them is being able to sling it. You know, I think um, I was talking to somebody earlier. I think just being able to, to, to throw the ball at a high level, it can make up for a lot of different things. Like you look at Lamar, and as talented as Lamar is, athletically i mean the guy's one of the fastest guys in the league but you watch him in college and he could sling that thing i mean he could really sling the ball um big time arm i mean throwing up 75 80 yards and and um so he just knew like one he's supremely athletic two he can really throw it so like footwork wise he's gonna figure it out you know with coaching and getting an offense and time of his feet with the drops like to me, that wouldn't have been a big issue. You just see the athletic ability and things you just can't coach. Now, you're interesting to see, like, his personality, how he's in the huddle, and obviously that's all worked out. He's an MVP now, and, and he's had a nice, really nice start to his career. But but just having kind of the basics, uh, being able to move a little bit and extend plays, that's kind of the league we're in now. I mean, there's less and less kind of statues back there at quarterback, like there was maybe in the early late 90s and early 2000s. Um, you know, big arm guys who just kind of stood in the pocket. Now there's a lot more guys who extend plays and move around. But being able to, to make those NFL throws, a lot of times it takes kind of seeing seeing that in person in a camp, you know, throwing an NFL ball. Hey, what year is this for you playing? Not in the NFL, but playing? 13. How do you – so, like Andrew Luck, for instance, played for eight years or nine years, and he was good for those nine years, and then obviously it wore on him. He got – and he didn't want to do whatever happened. I don't know what happened. He retires 12 days before the season or whatever. Joe Burrow, we're watching him right now. He's just getting killed. Like, it is just. And I would assume some of it is potentially on him for holding on to the ball too long or rolling out of the pocket the wrong way or anything like that. But how do you stay consistent for so Like, How have you stayed consistent so long? Is it like every day you have to have that coach think, like, I can get better and better? Or is it like a mental thing? What is it, you think, to be able to stay at a high level for the longest period of time? Because right now we're talking about all these young quarterbacks. Kyler Murray. He had the first two weeks MVP conversation, and two weeks he was down, then one week he was up. Talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's been great here for three, four years, but who knows if he's going to be able to last for 20 years. Like, How do you maintain, and this is all credit to you and guys that have been able to play for a long, Tom, Peyton, Brett, how do you maintain that high level for so long? Is it like super competitive? Like you have to be a, an ultra competitive human being to be a quarterback uh, for, for so long? Or what is it you think if you had to put a finger to it? I think it starts to being hyper competitive. You know, I think that's a, a trait with all the all the long time uh, great players is you just have. I uh, just I love to compete, and a lot of times it's competing at yourself. You know, it's it's, it's finding ways to make drills competitive, uh, meeting room competitive. Just uh, you know, just fill that uh, that need to to compete in something. I think the most important thing is you have to be self motivated. 
and again, that's that may seem like a you know standard statement, but it's not. I mean, not every player is self motivated. I think you know, a coach of ours a while back said something I thought was interesting about the difference between uh, motivation and inspiration. You can get inspiration from a lot of people in your life, or messages, movies, songs, but true motivation comes from within. And I don't think every every player or person really has that. I think it's something that that you. I mean, I think we all have it, but not everybody uses it. It taps into that. And I think the great players, the great business people, the great uh, hosts, Thank uh, you. the great teams like yourself, <laughs> you and the boys. Yeah, yeah, you have right to there. be self starters. You know, you wake up in the morning and you think. What am I going to do today that's epic? You know, what am I going to do today that's going to change my life, my sphere, you know, my my circle of influence? What what can I do today that's going to be meaningful? And you know, and it's not some like magical formula every day. You got to you know, you know, come up with some idea or some earth shaking thing. It's just like the first, the you know, every great journey begins with the first step, right? And the first step sometimes is getting out of bed. The first step is making a list of things you need to do. The first step is, uh, I mean, look at Alex Smith and his rehab. Like, you know, the first step was just like maybe taking a step. I mean, actually probably way before that, you know. And, again, just to segue, just seeing him out there was, was really special. And seeing his wife and kids in the stands, that was an, that was an incredible moment. But Alex is a guy who I'm missing. You know, he's a self-motivated guy. I mean, how do you, you have to be to come back from something like that? I mean, the the toughness that he has, the will, the grit, the competitiveness, and that's what the you know the great competitors, the great athletes, the great uh, business people. That's what they have. AJ, I don't want to. I just ask this question real quick, and then you can go. Uh, at what point did you stop hating Alex Smith? <laughs> I never, I never hated Alex. I really? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So there was never like a, oh, this guy goes to the team that I grew up a fan of, number one overall pick, and here I am having a draft night that everybody remembers still with that suit. It's just one of the, you never hated him? It was just one of those things like, well, that's the Niners' decision, not Alex's decision. I got to do what I got to do? Yeah, I mean, it had nothing to do with uh, with him. You know, obviously we both wanted to go number one. Uh, you know, they, they decided to, to pick him. Uh, I couldn't hate him. Every time we hung out, I enjoyed him. You know, I, I really enjoyed his personality. We had similar stories. You know, he had uh, one scholarship offer coming out of high school. I had zero. You know, like we were our fir- my first uh, extensive time on the field at Cal was against Utah at Utah. And he was a first-year starter. So, you know, we our careers really mirrored the, uh, each other early on. And, um you know, just being around this game for so long, you pull for the older guys and <laughs> pull for the guys that, that you were drafted with. And one of those guys is Fitzy. You had a great week last week. Oh, oh yeah. Fitz Magic's getting hot over there. Get- you know, I've really enjoyed watching him play over the years and just the stuff that he's done, his his wit and intelligence. Uh, I love it. Uh, he's just a really interesting guy. And, um, you know, just like him and Alex and all the guys that came out with us, you know, it's a – you know, Dan Orlovsky, who I believe is – has he been on your show yet or he's coming on? No, nah, he's on the show. Yeah, he's – by the way, he's been breaking down a lot of Aaron Rodgers film right now. A lot of Aaron Rodgers film right now on ESPN. He's breaking down your brain on ESPN right now, and it's doing numbers for him. So uh, keep Yeah, it. he's the new ESPN expert, isn't he? Yeah, he's the guy. He draws X's <laughs> and circles and does this stuff. And he even has this thing on an iPad that shows, like, the vision. Like, look, he's looking this way, and he's doing that. He's the guy. He's the guy that teaches the football. That's That's awesome. Do you hate him? You hate Dan Orlovsky, I'll let him know. 
I left the end. No, the end was my. He was the. We met at the Elite Eleven quarterback camp in uh, 2004 in the springtime. It was him, Derek Anderson, Kyle Orton, uh, Brad Smith. If you remember Brad Smith? Oh yeah. yeah. And Jason White from Oklahoma, the Heisman Trophy winner. What a legendary crew, right? There. It was uh, it was a good group, man. <laughs> a couple wild guys in there. You can probably imagine which two were the wild ones. Uh, but we had a we had a good time. That was a fun trip. Hey, how's Jordan Love doing? We don't hear much about him. How is Jordan Love doing? He's doing well. He's doing really well. You know, I think this is uh, you know this is a good time for him uh, to learn. Um, to see what it looks like, to see what the weeks uh, of preparation look like, and just kind of soak it all up. You know, I obviously was in his shoes a long time ago. I, you know, this is the time I really feel like you start settling in. Now, it's different because we had a preseason and I got to play in the preseason, and you know, you kind of got to get your feet wet a little bit. But once the season starts, you know, you kind of settle into being the backup and or being a backup and and going through the process and and figuring out for your own preparation, what it looks like, listening, watching the, the way the week unfolds, uh, seeing how the starter goes about his business. So it's, it's a good learning time for him. and um, He's enjoying it. He's opening up more personality-wise, and it's been, uh, it's been fun. We saw you throwing snaps to him in the training camp or whatever, and there's always this conversation that's like when a young guy gets drafted into a position and there's a vet, the vet – has to do everything they can to prepare this rookie to be in the NFL. And if they don't, they're a bad vet, they're a bad leader. And it's like, well, the vet also has to worry about doing their job and moving forward. It's not like they're being asked to be the coach. And I would assume you kind of took that. It's like, hey, if you ask me questions, I'll help them out. I would love to help them out, but I also have to worry about me. How have you been able to balance that with Jordan? Like, how have you, because obviously that was a massive talking, but I mean, let alone Mad Mel and the amount of attention that got on draft night, but coming away from, night number one of the draft, that was the only conversation. It was like, okay, they got Aaron, now they got Jordan, how will these two get along, blah, blah, blah. And then we saw videos surfacing, it's like, just fine. Aaron's a human, he knows this isn't Jordan Love's decision, this is somebody else's decision, but how have you been balancing that whole mentor, but also I have to go win another MVP at the same exact time? Well, thankfully I've, I've been through that process, so I know what it looks like, and I know what it sounds like and feels like when the starter says, it's not my job to get the the next guy ready. Uh, <laughs> which Farby said. Now, what he said was 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 the truth. Now, the way it was said and the context and everything, the way it was taken out of that context, well, probably didn't reflect his own feelings. But basically, what he was saying was, "Look, I have to get ready to play, and the quarterback coach is going to get the next guy ready as well. That's his job." Um, I mean, th- that is. The situation, you know, Lou Getze is our quarterback coach, and he helps all of us out. There's, you know, plenty of time in, in uh, the meeting room and drill work and during the process of game planning for a great conversation. And going through that process, I realized how important some of those conversations would have been to have, you know, to, to talk about, you know, what it feels like, what the preparation looks like, uh, what to expect, what I need from my backups, you know which I think those are all important conversations to have. And, you know, and I have those conversations with Tim and Jordan all the time. Um, you know, I talked to Jordan after the second week, and, um, you know, I won't get into exactly what we said, but it was after the game, and it was kind of feeling the just the environment around uh, a locker room after a win and just the special 
energy that's in there and and just remind them just to soak it all up you know because that's those are the moments that uh, that really make you feel great about what you're doing yeah, because that's the culmination of the week of preparation and, and the process so that's the fun part to, to, to think about to start to daydream about when you know one day it's gonna be it's gonna be your opportunity to do that and um, you know, he's been doing a good job you know, and, and again you know they've they've wanted to make stories they being you know the the media who's so sensitive if I you know tell them they write clickbait stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was a bit sensitive last week though. I saw a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, but it's that's what they want. You know, it's a Matt and I would never get along, you know. And and okay, that story it looks like it's gone away. That you know that Jordan and I won't get along. That story's gone away. Now and now it's that you know, now let's give the organization credit because they picked the guy, so that's obviously why I'm playing well. You know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just funny how they can win win just about every statement they make in order to you know, to make it fit their narrative. Aaron, uh, first and foremost, hope you enjoyed your bye week. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, um, thank you. We hope you had yep. a great bye week. Mm-hmm. As we're getting closer to Halloween here, I'm just curious. Uh, what is your favorite Halloween costume Ooh. that you've ever worn? And uh-huh. uh, do you have any maybe suggestions for me? Because I'm not a huge Halloween guy. Well, first of all, you have the great start to an outfit, which is a mustache. Yeah. So you can go a number of different ways. I, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, when I broke my collarbone in 2017, I was really thinking about I was doing nothing. I was pretty bored. I mean, what can I do with a broken collarbone uh, to kind of look my best? You know, is there anything I can do to, you know, feel good about the situation I was in? And one of my favorite movies is called The Life Aquatic. Oh, Steve Zuzu. Wes Anderson film, Steve Zuzu, and that's the outfit that I did. And I spent a lot of time on it trying to get it to look just right, and I felt amazing about it. <laughs> what I realized, though, Ty, in that moment was not many people – who play on my team have ever heard of Wes Anderson. Yeah, I had no idea right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> don't even know so what when doing. I showed up at the Halloween party that year, AJ can't talk, it's great he's muted. But when I showed up at the Halloween party that year, I mean, there were a lot of like, uh, who are you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Did- Sisu? Have you seen? Yeah, okay. I don't worry about it. I'm just like a sailor guy. That's tough, though, because all the effort that you put in there just kind of got spit on because nobody knew the reference. That's tough. A, you know, a sweet pick. I believe it was with this similar background that I'm using right now. Um, and I felt really good about it, my favorite outfit. But I would definitely look up some of the great mustache characters from some of your favorite movies and, and maybe go in that direction. I'm looking at a photo of you. I have no fucking idea what that human is, by the way. It look, you look good, though. Like, you definitely committed to said outfit, for sure. Yeah, throw, it, throw it on the screen. Let's uh, we got to find We got to send it over. You're, I got it. I got it. Yeah, it's we'll a great, it great we'll film. We'll it really is. Yeah, is it? Nobody's seen it. True. AJ, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. It's better to have a, a costume that you know, your, your younger players don't know what you're doing than some of his ones he had in the past, which I know he probably wouldn't want to leak out there. Like, do you have any Halloween costumes you've worn that you don't want the public to get a, a hold of any pictures? What are those, Aaron? Oh, <sighs> uh, I don't know. It's, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. I can't say I've had some great costumes every single year, but um, one of the all-time best, though, I will say this. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're here back, for. I had... Uh, this was like 2006 or seven. Long time, long time uh, best friend who goes by the nickname Papa. Age right. knows him. Uh, him and I rocked 
the Dumb and Dumber suits mm. with the top hats <laughs> and the canes. And this was in 2000 and age. I feel like you were there. Was it 2007 or eight? Where was the party? Oh. And we went downtown dressed like that. It was back when downtown Green Bay. Downtown Green Bay. (laughs) Downtown Green Bay. Ed Ed Kelly's and uh, what else? Do you guys have a Halloween party out there? Do you host a Halloween party? Are you a guy that... We have. We won't this year, but... But anyway, that Dumb and Dumber, that was the best uh, the best costume, probably. Are you a guy, though, that would host a team event at your house? Oh, for sure. That tells me a lot about you. But that, that, I just want to let you know, that tells me a lot about you in a yeah, good way. I've hosted, I've hosted Thanksgiving the last uh, three or four years. Oh, wow. Christmas party. Oh, terrible guy, yeah. though. You know? yeah. You're a terrible Halloween never last year was great. We set up a, an awesome deal at the... Uh, at, Age, you've been there at the train museum. They set up a big haunted house there. Train museum. Oh yeah, oh. yeah you, 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 Green Bay. It's pretty creepy. They said this whole big deal. It's what's it called? Uh, boring. Yeah, it's called what? Pet? A train museum sounds like the most miserable life of my. I, no. I mean, I couldn't even. It's at the... the train museum, they take it over. They make it into a whole haunted house. Oh, okay. The Halloween thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I want to go to a train museum. Train <laughs> <laughs> artifacts. You yeah. know, when I started hearing train you museum, that a little bit. You get get a little more culture there. No, I get stopped by a train on my way home every single day. I'm about done. What, with... if, what if the wife wants to go to a train museum? She doesn't. That's why I married her. But the, the, <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about the train museum is that just kind of filled the narrative that I had about Green Bay Packers. No tour at all. You guys are going to train museums. I was just I was starting to think like this team just is not I don't even know how it even functions. But you're saying you took over the train museum, made it awesome. So that's completely no, wrong. Tour all stuff AJ was taking for so many years. Oh, AJ, oh. what were you taking, AJ? Excuse me. What were you taking over there, AJ? Oh. Wait, what did he say? It's all muted and everything. I didn't hear him. He, he mentioned Tordal? Yeah. <laughs> I, Pat doesn't believe me that they don't give Tordal shots there. They don't, yeah, they don't give Tordal shots. But Age would drink this, this green legume drink that <laughs> I'm sure was legal, but it made his body just, I mean, he had the worst gas you could find. Uh. <laughs> uh, and sit next to him in those meetings. Oh. All right, Aaron, can I, um, I'm going to go to Twitter for one question and then a phone call for one question. Is that cool? And then we'll let you out of here on this beautiful yeah, sure. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Um, okay, question is, today? what's that? Is that a chain you're wearing today? What's the significance of that? I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I woke up this morning, I saw it on my bathroom thing, and I was like, I'm going to put it on. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest, but I have 0.09% Italian in me. I found that out from a 23 in me, and this kind of maybe is the 0.09%, you know what I mean? How much Pittsburgh you got in you? 100%, Paul. <laughs> hey, down there, a little rust belt. Let's go to a phone call here. Let's go to, you want to go to Arizona, Virginia, North Dakota, Ohio, or Cleveland? North Dakota. All right, North Ooh. Dakota. Dan in North Dakota, what's going on, brother? What's up, Aaron? Oh, my God. Thank you for picking my call. I am a huge fan. I've been a, you're the one that got me into football. Oh, you. You're my Ooh. absolute favorite player of all time. You. And I just want to ask what you this think guy. Brown or Equanimous St. Brown coming back from the IR does for the receiving core. Great question, Dan. You knew North Dakota was going to be pumped, by the way. I, I, I like North Dakota was going to bring it, Dan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, talking about EQ. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly if they're going to bring him off. I'm not, I haven't seen transactionally. I know that you can start practicing after a certain time, but. Um, 
you know, EQ a couple years ago when he was a rookie, you know, played uh, a nice role for us later in the season. You know, he's a really good straight line speed guy, but he really improved his route running over his rookie year. Now, last year, obviously, we lost the whole year due to his injury, but um, he's definitely struggled with some injuries in the last 18 months, which I know has been really frustrating for him. But he's a super talented guy. Um, just we're going to need to see some stuff in practice, I think, you know, just to get him uh, kind of to knock the rust off. But uh, talent level, he's extremely talented. You know, he's, he's got great hands. He catches ball with his hands, which is nice. Um, but great straight line speed, really good route runner. Um, so it'll be nice to, nice to get him back if it's this week or in the future. Um, but, you know, even maybe more exciting than EQ, even though that is exciting, is 17 coming back. <laughs> Let's go. Devontae wow. Adams, who wanted to play, obviously, a week before the bye week, but they sat him in lieu of hopefully health down the road 100%. Now, i, I got to go back to your answer there where you said the guy catches the ball with his hands. Do you know that about your wide receivers, and does that change where you throw the ball to people if they're more of a body catcher or a hands catcher or anything like that? I mean, I, I think you try and tell them this stuff, but it does change the way you feel about certain routes that they run, for sure. Like certain uh, you know routes that they run uh, – and the type of ball you can throw them, yeah. You know, any anybody that catches the ball with their hands just changes the whole catch rate. It changes the whole confidence you have in throwing them every single type of route. But body catchers, it's just a little more difficult on certain routes. you got to be a little more precise. Um, a lot of times what people don't realize either is a, a person that catches with their body changes the way that the, that the football looks accuracy-wise. You throw a ball... Hmm. on a guy's front number that he catches with their hands, it looks like a perfect throw. If he's a body catcher, it might hit him on his back number and look like it was slightly behind him. Mm. People don't quite understand how that changes you know, the way you throw the football. Um, but anybody that naturally catches the ball with their hands probably gets a few more looks. Pro Football Focus doesn't know that either, do they? That's what Pro Football Focus doesn't know right oh. there. They put a lot of misses on those body catches. When it, it's not really on a quarterback. Yeah. Not, Hold on. Why are you dogging Pro Football Focus? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm giving excuses for Pro Football Focus because these are things that they don't know. They're not privy to information. Everybody expects them to be perfect all the time. They don't know this. What do you want from Pro Football Focus? <laughs> um, this, this question's from Twitter. Guy's name's Michael Jackson. Not that Michael Jackson. Another <laughs> Michael. This is a Caucasian. From birth, it seems, Caucasian Michael Jackson from Florida at M. Jackson asks, what is your favorite place to get away and relax in the offseason? I like this question because, what, you almost got stranded in Peru or something like that yeah. right before this quarantine. You seem to be a world traveler. Where is a place that you enjoy going to the most? I haven't repeated a whole lot of different places. Uh, I enjoy going down to Southern California. Pat, mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. As you thankfully yeah. let everybody know, Malibu. No, I didn't let everybody know. <laughs> $30 million house, Malibu, TMZ. I didn't say that. This is information that's just out there. I'd like everybody to be privy to in the same yeah. conversation. Yeah, allegedly. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. Did that. you just walk in with cash, by the way? Were you like, yeah, I'll take this house. And by the way, there you go. Get the hell out. I'm moving in today. Pat, stop moving around because then they got to zoom out on your picture to get your whole body frame and see if you're wearing pants, not shorts. Oh, you are wearing shorts. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. Oh, you know the show deal. the quads off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. You're looking good, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> another, another wrestling bout coming up or what? Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I was very sore the day after, but last year I turned into a six foot one, 275 slob, <laughs> and I can't have that happen this fall. You know what I mean? 
Sidebar before I answer your question. Did you really wear number 40 at West Virginia? Yeah, it was my uh, GPA and my favorite drink. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my. <laughs> I didn't get the pick, obviously. Ended on that right there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I need to know where you go. Oh, no, more? More? Yeah, yeah. I need to know where you more? go. Look, I, I would say this. There's places that I would like to go, um, you know, in the future. Uh, and one of them is Egypt. Ooh. Okay. Always been uh, a lover of history. Egypt has some of the most fascinating history in the world. Obviously, you know, China obviously has some super, super old history, but I, I believe, as does Graham Hancock, that actually Egypt might have some of the oldest uh, kind of history that we can go and see based on his own personal view of the age of the Sphinx and the pyramids, and I'd love to see that in person, uh, constantly looking at kind of the status of that area. It's been hot, as they say, for a while, you know, not as safe as... as we would like, but that's definitely a place that I'm uh, going to get to uh, sooner rather than later. Hey, so how do you think, uh, I guess, when when were the pyramids in, in the Sphinx, when were they constructed? <laughs> also, like, what kind of technology did they use to put those together with the precision, like laser cuts? And we know they didn't have lasers back then. It was aliens. Say it. Yeah, it was definitely aliens. Bingo. Yeah, there it is, by the way. <laughs> that's hey, the I know that's what you wanted me to say. Is, you know, <laughs> wanted to kind of like put me on an answer or something but i have no problem saying it pat pat agrees with me i know ty does as well what do they look like right. what do these aliens look like were they just out of this obviously they are out of this world how strong were they like what do they have and to follow up to that question from aj all the videos that we're getting from the pentagon these aliens are like this tall how mm -hmm. did they put the blocks on their back how, how did how did this entire thing happen Aaron? in your eyes if you had to was, speculate yeah, there, i think there was a race of giant aliens many uh, who look like uh, dennis rodman hybrids Oh, um, and Good rebounder. No, but it, I don't know. I, all I know is that there's a lot of wonders around the world that don't have great explanations for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still don't. Last question before we let you go. Earlier in the show, Ryan Clark told a story about <laughs> you throwing a slant to Greg Jennings, I believe, whenever he was lined up at three in the Super Bowl. And he talks about, and I'm sure you've heard it because he said he talks about it on a regular occasion. He studied for two weeks, and it was in a hundred percenter. Anytime that you guys were in this particular look, Greg Jennings was getting the rock. And in the Super Bowl, as soon as the ball was snapped, he just started sprinting directly to the place where the ball was going. And you threw it over his hands just by a little bit in front of Troy, I guess, and it was a touchdown. And he says that you looked at him and you said, "Hey, two five instead of." calling him by name which he thought was pretty disrespectful you said hey two five which might be a thing that you do i'm not sure and then you went like this to him about how close he was and it, it is it is still buried in his soul to this day there's a lot of hate in his heart because of that is it true from your side of the story he's obviously recycling the same story over and over because i did see that he had said that and that he wanted to punch me in the face at some point. <laughs> um i think that's a little you know harsh uh for sure <laughs> I can't say I'm a, you know, I'm a pacifist, so I, I wouldn't welcome that. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily be searching that out, and, and maybe we can have a conversation before that, before it gets to, you know, some sort of violence. I just don't believe in the use of violence without, you know, previous conversations. Smart. But I will say that they were, you know, they were playing cover four. I don't think he sprinted at the snap. We ran, you know, all go special, and he, you know, kind of, you know, slowly made his way over from the back. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
safety, <laughs> clue in on number three, who was going vertical. Um, you know, kind of snuck it in there. It was a really good coverage. Um, I wasn't trying to be a dick about <laughs> close, but I don't know. I thought it was like a little competitive banter. Uh, I didn't realize that, you know, that stuck with him. It's a grudge from 20, you know, February 6, 2011. It's still. <laughs> I say to Ryan, hey, buddy, you know, like, let it go. Uh, we got to let you go. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday concludes on a Super Bowl story from 2011. Ladies and gentlemen, good luck this week. MVP candidate, undefeated quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to interrupt. I would like to read a little poem for you. I hope you like it. Mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? Manscaped, of course, the mirror says. Hold up, is that a nose pube? Good thing our partners at Manscaped are here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes you have, Ty. Didn't realize this thing had a fucking Hemi. Yep, look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. It's time to turn that Gucci into Gucci with Manscaped. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, which is ball deodorant, and Crop Reviver, ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxer and the shed travel bag also you receive a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking and lawn mowing time clean and enjoyable the performance package is the best value that manscaped has to offer get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code pat m at manscaped.com thank you manscaped for making our holes look damn sexy get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code pat m at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code Pat M. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make sure your balls look great during the process. Trim the bushes. The tree will stand taller. Shout out to Manscaped. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champ Ryan Clark. Yeah! Hey, man. I just want to say this. You guys have my favorite Aaron Rodgers. Art, the one that shows up on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday? Me too, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. That's my, the, Go ahead. The the still surly, but playing really well so he can be as arrogant as he wants Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is my favorite Aaron Rodgers. Hey, let's like, not, that's the one I signed up for. Let's not say arrogant, okay? Confidence, all right? He's very confident. <laughs> He's very, very confident. <laughs> no, see, you might can't say that because that's your friend. He ain't my friend. <laughs> so, so I can say it. Right, like he come on your show every Tuesday because he likes you. If I had a show, Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't come on. So I can be truthful, bro. <laughs> like that's my favorite Aaron Rodgers, and I am probably like one of those media people he talks about. Oh, right? Yeah. So yeah, my yeah. favorite quarterback 
of of all time in the sense of who I think is the best I've ever seen is Aaron Rodgers. He's the best I ever played. Not even it's 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 not even close, right? And people think I hate him because I make this joke all the time on on on, on TV about this actual occurrence in the Super Bowl, and I'm always like, oh, I hate him. But really, I love him. Like I wish he was my quarterback. Like. There have been times people had to save my job for me probably trying to fist fight him at practice. But <laughs> other than that, like, we would have been great together. Can bro. you tell the Super Bowl story real quick, though, for those who yeah, might not so, have heard it? Yeah, so, 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 Pat, bro, two weeks, two weeks. You know the Super Bowl, you get two weeks. So I planned this interception. Every time Greg Jennings is at number three and two safety defenses, they ran a scene. Hey, and hold on, I, hold on, slow I, down. I, who, who, slow down. Number three, please, for the people listening that don't know what that means. Right, so so if you count from outside to in, the first wide receiver would be number one, the guy close to the sideline. Usually the slot guy is number two, and the next receiver over is number three. This is normally where you would see tight ends, at least especially back in the days that I played. It's uh, where your guest yesterday, Chase Poole, was I think y'all had Chase Claypool, I think you had him on yesterday, was yep. lined up for his last touchdown, that exact spot. Got it. And so every time they did this, they threw the ball to Greg Jennings, bro. They threw a seam. So I had told my kids we was going to Disney World because I was going <laughs> to pick this ball off and I was going to score a touchdown. MVP. Right? I was going to be the MVP. They never wanted to give it to Ben anyway. So I was going to be the MVP. You feel me? Yep. Right? Ben never got it. So I was like, okay, I see the play. So the backside, Ike's covering Jermichael Finley. I'm supposed to be in the half. So I lock Ike, and I know Aaron's never going to look at me, bro. I know it. I was like, it's it. This is it. So boom, play starts, dog. I take off, Pat. Ah, ah, ah. And I'm looking at him. I was like, he going to throw this Mickey Ficky. It's a wrap. <laughs> yep. So he throws it, bro. And I know he didn't see me. He throws it this far over my finger, bro. Oh. Right in front of Troy. Right. I die for it. Miss it right in front of Troy touchdown so all is well all is good you know because i'm like it's aaron Rodgers. i ain't really tripping like we were literally cheering for jay cutler and the chicago bears two weeks before this because we didn't want to play him anyway yeah. this is before our game so we weren't tripping yeah so man next series we're doing kind of well somebody you know they call a timeout bro looks at me and goes hey two five first off you've been studying for this game for two weeks Okay, and I've been in the league at this point for 10 years. You know my freaking name. You ain't got to call me by my number. Right? So then he goes, bro, so, so then he goes, he goes, two five. And I was so mad. Because <laughs> now, because now I got to work for ESPN to get free tickets to Disney World when I was going to have my own yeah. freaking parade, bro. True. On top of the thing with the kids waving. Oh, hey. Hey, Mickey Mouse. This is Ooh. cool. Hey. We love Ryan. Hey, I don't have to wait in line so, at the yeah. Avatar. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Was... And, so, and so, like, that's my that's my favorite Aaron Rodgers. And so, like, last year, you know, when, when – and listen, what he had 24 touchdowns, like two picks. He played well, but it still wasn't Aaron Rodgers-esque. And I think what he has to understand is, like, we're not comparing a Aaron Rodgers down year to the normal statistical n- numerical numbers of regular humans. Yeah. We're comparing it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And he's right. His down year, you know, like if Joe Burrow would have started this year, and had 24 touchdowns and two interceptions, we'd have put him in the Hall of Fame already, <laughs> yeah. like this year. But Ryan, right? like you this- have to know. But Ryan, you also have to know that whenever he's playing good, 
not really talked about much. Not a, not a, like his ups aren't talked about. The only time he's ever talked about is down. So whenever the people that talk about him whenever he's down are like, well, yeah, of course he's better than everybody else. It's like, well, you don't say that whenever he's playing better than everybody else. You just only talk about him, it seems like, whenever he has his down no. here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Surly pe- yeah. Surly people. Oh. Pat, surly people only listen when you say negative things. <laughs> oh. Huh. A little psychology right there, right? A little psychology right there. But negativity yeah, hogs publicity, though. We all know that. Huh? What'd you say? Negativity hogs that? publicity. That's why it's only talked about. Only negative things are talked yeah, about. Yeah, but you got to think about it. Already, Marcus Spears this year has said that Aaron Rodgers would be his MVP over Russell Wilson. Smart. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. Right. But he, but he said that. Aaron Rodgers clearly didn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also said that he's playing the, the best ball that, you know, I've, I've seen him play in years. Dan Orlowski says the same thing. But, of course, Aaron doesn't hear that. And people like What's Aaron this year? need some of that stuff. Because, like, it's like LeBron, right? Like, LeBron oh, yeah. goes, and I want my dang respect. Hey, bro. Damn. Who don't respect you? <laughs> like, we all respect you. The only thing is, you come up in the conversation with someone, some people respect more. That's just it. Right. I, it feels like that, it man. feels like you're speaking for all of the media right now, and I don't want you to do it because I don't think you're anything like all the media. I feel like you are, <laughs> you're an anomaly. You are incredibly entertaining and engaging, and I think you even, and with an incredible resume too, which by the way you have to have to be able to speak the way you do, because the way you played football was incredible, and you're high success and respected by well, thank you, bro. your teammates. No, no problem. But you can't be speaking for these stooges. Like you, you you're <laughs> speaking for stooges right now, and I don't, I don't like you doing that. I don't like not Marcus Spears, not Orlovsky. I'm not talking. About these, right, uh, I'm talking oh. about you know the there's the rest a, of them. there's the a lot of stooges in the media world and you know that you know that but, I, but Pat do you think people don't think Aaron Rodgers is amazing I do, do believe really there are that, some bro? I do believe there are some people that allow any TMZ story to potentially creep into their mind to make them kind of have a negative thought about him and it's hard for them to even see what's put right in front of their eyes that he is amazing. I do believe there are some people like that yeah I can see that no I I I I, I do know that there are people who, who who get probably some information about things that aren't football yeah. and combine those yeah. in trying to uh, come to a conclusion about who Aaron Rodgers. To me, bro, as far as it, like, he he's 1A and 1B with Patrick Mahomes from just, like, the best pure players of the position. Obviously, you can't I exclude agree. what Tom did from greatness, right? Like That, that resume is... Is it something we can't, but just throwing that thing? Yeah. Bro, Aaron's stupid, dog. Mm-hmm. It just came out that Patrick Mahomes said he could throw the ball 83 yards or something like that. Yep. That's outrageous. That is absolutely outlandish. I don't know how he would have enough time to maybe crow hop into that. 83 yards, he said he could 83 throw. 83 yards, bro? Yeah. That'd be tough for a secondary, by the way. Don't let Tyreek Hill get over the top. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, dog. He threw, he threw the, the first touchdown that got called back this weekend against the Raiders. He threw it 67 and I'm sure he could have thrown it farther from from a standstill, and it hit Tyreek Hill right on top of the zero. It was freaking freaking phenomenal. Like those two dudes, and you know, especially Pat now because of the people he plays with, he makes some throws, bro, that that, that he just shouldn't even try. Okay, let's talk about that because I think who's around you, your supporting cast, is a massive deal in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get talked about ever. Everybody's like this person, this person, this person, but maybe this person was stuck in a situation where they had no chance of succeeding. For instance. Joey Burrow might die before the end of his rookie year. It's scary. It is very, very scary. But I think everybody has come out and said, you know, Joe Burrow's 
a dude. Like, hey, this guy is a dude. He's going to be a good guy, good quarterback. Happy for him. He might die, but he's a good quarterback. <laughs> Tua, the jury's out, right? We haven't seen anything for Tua. We have no idea. And your tweet last night was like, hey, did Miami make the right decision? And I think that is a question that will be asked. And I actually talked about mm-hmm. it in my open. It's like, Herbert has proven now it sucks what happened yes. to Tyrod Taylor. It sucks what's happened to Tyrod Taylor. And this has happened to Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, Cleveland, and now in the Chargers. He falls into a situation that is not his fault, and he kind of gets moved along. But Herbert put them in a bad position because of how good he's been playing he is unbelievable but that team is very injured and they always seem mm-hmm. to be injured will they ever be able to figure it out for him and do you believe that two will be able to keep up with what herbert's doing because that's going to be the expectation at this point yeah i think i think obviously justin herbert wouldn't be playing right now if tyrod taylor didn't have just an unfortunate mishap and injury but from the time he played uh with that was week two against the kansas city chiefs the dude has looked the part to me he's looked like he belonged. And so now think about it. They're saying we feel like even though Joe Burrow may not make it to see his 25th birthday, we do feel like for the year and a half, the Cincinnati Bengals allow him to stay alive. He's going to be a good football player. And then you look at Justin Herbert, bro, and he's gone. This, this is what's more impressive to me. It's not the fact that he hasn't won a game, but it's been he's had Patrick Mahomes, bro. He's had uh, Tom Brady and he's had Drew Brees. And you could say on those three days, he was at least as good as those three dudes are. And I think that one says a lot about who he is physically, but also mentally. This is a kid who had questions about his mentality, questions about his leadership, questions about his personality coming into the draft. And all of those things have been answered. And I think the the most dramatic part to me, and this is very non-football, that has been just so it's it's jumped off the screen to me is that in playing the two oldest quarterbacks in the league dude still has like acne you know what i mean like (laughs) still like Dude, this is no, what just... stuck out the most. <laughs> not not that he made incredible plays, incredible throws. You're just thinking he's so young still at this point is what you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's, he's he's a baby, and he's out there. Like, last night, his his red zone efficiency was amazing. Think about the first play to Keenan Allen, bro. It's a zero blitz. He knows it can't be blocked, but he also knows he has field to the right. So he escapes to the right, allows Keenan Allen to run into the dead space, Hits him perfectly. You go to the second touchdown, or maybe the third touchdown to Hunter Henry. Yeah, he yeah. understands that they're playing a double robber situation, so there's no middle of the field safety. There's also no help outside. He realizes Hunter Henry is on the outside of Demario Davis. He throws it to the pylon. The Mike Williams touchdown, he also knows that that guy is going to be able to run away from outside man coverage with no help. Like His understanding and execution of situational football have been they've been excellent. Nobody's going to be perfect, but also think about the throw to Mike Williams on Marshawn Lattimore. It's a clear one uh, one on one situation, single high safety. He gave his best player an opportunity to make a play. All of those things at a very young age is are are, are amazing. And then you add that I walked past this dude, and here's another reason I was down on him, Pat. My son plays uh, corner for Arizona State. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman there. He got hurt kind of middle of the year, came back. So when you walk into the stadium at Arizona State, the opposing team's locker is in a place to where the team has to walk past you. Okay, mm. so when they're going to the field, the opposing team will walk past you as you're walking into the game Okay, where the parents walk in. Justin Herbert walked by me, bro, 
And I'm going to say this and people are going to be like, oh, you're full of crap. I've only felt like that or or close to that or this is the feeling closest to what I felt like the first time Cam Newton walked by me in a preseason game. Because he was so like, big and athletic? Yes. Yes. Me and Vinatieri, hey, me and Vinatieri, whenever we played against Carolina Panthers, I think it was Cam's rookie year, we saw him in warm-ups, and we were just like, if that defensive end can figure out <laughs> NFL defenses, <laughs> that is going to be problematic. He was just so, yeah. so just incredibly large. I mean, large, he, yeah. Like, they, they talk about it, and then you see him in person, you're like, that guy is a mountain right there, and he's a quarterback. Yeah. He's faster than you. He can throw better than you. He can jump higher than you, and he's bigger and stronger than you. It is like if he can figure out NFL defenses, he's going to be a problem. He did, by the way, and I assume hey, Herbert's going to be able to do the same thing. Pat, that's when I started interning at ESPN, bro. I knew that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I said, like, if these dudes going to start playing quarterback, quarterback and, like, running the ball and throwing it, this ain't this ain't for me no more. Like my time has passed. It's time to learn something different. And you know, so Justin Herbert from a physicality standpoint has that, bro. But it's been the the, the poise and the understanding with the team that's incredibly injured. Uh lost a lot of key players. No Keenan Allen last night. Austin Eckler is gone. And he was toe-to-toe with one of the greatest to ever do it, man. So And they covered. When, when <laughs> and they covered, yeah. which is good news for everybody. Saints minus yeah, and, seven was trending, and that did not hit. No. Chargers <laughs> yeah, plus seven. But think about this, bro. Did hit. Tua, even if he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's the and Ryan Fitzpatrick played extremely well against San Francisco. Even if he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they're just being cautious, and they're just or what if he or if he's not healthy enough to where they're comfortable putting him out there. You have to look at what Justin Herbert is doing, what Joe Burrow is doing, and saying, dang, man, we're at least a step behind with developing him than where they are with those two guys. Yeah, Joe Burrow might not make it to next year, though, and I think that's what they're thinking about for Tua. <laughs> Antoine Diggs, what do you got? Ryan, I'm a Steelers fan, uh, and I watch from the safety of my couch. You were a Steelers Super Bowl winning safety on the field. It seems clever. like very clever. <laughs> I like that. That was good. That was good. It seems like this year that the Steelers secondary may not be playing as well. Is that just because the bar was set so high last year, or is there actually something to worry about there? Um, I don't think there's anything to worry about from where I sat. I mean, last year we have to remember that um, T.J. Watt was 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 playing like he was. I, I don't even know the words to describe it. It was it was like you mixed James Harrison with Ryan Shazier and it turned into a white boy. That was, that was like what it was. You know what I mean? You see, it, you see, you see what had happened was somehow a Caucasian man showed up when these two came together and he kicks really hard when he celebrates. Yeah, that's hilarious. Right, 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 right. And so and, you know, you think about that, Bud Dupree, I just think they were playing at a high level up front. And I was on the record as as saying that I wasn't for the Mika trade. I didn't think it was a good trade. I also didn't think they'd go 8-8. Eight and eight, And I thought they'd get a higher pick. And I didn't know about Ben. And, and I was – I had to reluctantly say later on in the season I was wrong. Uh, here's why I had to say it was reluctant. Because when I watched the film, here's what I saw of Mika Fitzpatrick. He really affected the game in the past game and, and nowhere else, which is fine. Uh, Ed Reed later on his career became that guy, but early on he was everywhere. 
But I was like, so that's good. But if you're going to be Mika Fitzpatrick and play that way and not really be a physical presence in the run, not necessarily be a blitzer, uh, not be a, a huge hitter, you got to get those six to eight turnovers a year for trading a first rounder away for you to matter. Uh, when you look at the other guy, Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, I feel like is playing uh, really well. And Edmonds kind of is what he is. But let's, when you think about Mika Fitzpatrick, I, I want you to go through the interceptions. There were three tip balls, right? Three tip balls. Not saying that everybody could catch tips, because you know who never caught tips? Caught tips? Yeah. Ryan Clark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew. Right? Yeah, I knew that was coming, because yeah, you wanted to kill people. You weren't looking for yeah. The so ball. I yeah yeah it wasn't no waiting behind nobody. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 it wasn't that. Yeah. Okay, and so then he had an overthrow by uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on a primetime game. I think it was a cover two, bad overthrow. He caught it like a punt. Um, and then you go to the, I think it was the Jacoby Brissett interception against the Indianapolis Colts in the red zone. Yeah, and then there was one against Cincinnati. Now, it don't matter how you get them. When you look at the stat sheet, they all count. But when I saw it, it said, okay, if these guys aren't making glaring mistakes, is Mika Fitzpatrick making plays? Is he diagnosing, understanding, and making plays that could be something we see year in and year out? And we aren't seeing that yet. It's not to say that it can't come. Oh. But I think people got in their head that this would happen all the time because he was truly the turnover maker there. And I don't think Steven Nelson's playing bad. I don't think Joe Hayden's playing bad. I think Terrell Edmonds still uh, is um, who he is. Mm -hmm. The difference is Mika's not getting those turnovers that we saw last year, but you really have to evaluate how those came. Hey, you – you're not scared, huh? You will just, you, hey, this guy stinks. This guy stinks. <laughs> you will. No, you are not scared. I, I, I don't feel like I said anybody stinks. No, though. no, no. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you, you didn't say anybody stinks, but you're you're one of, which, by the way, I wish I kind of had that in me. I'd rather just not. You are a guy that's like, hey, this is the facts. This is the way it is. This is how it goes. I, I, hate, to I hate to be the guy that's breaking news to you, but this is just how it goes. Well, I think, I think the one thing, Pat, I, it, it's, this is something just to get off the football subject for a second. When I got into this job, the one thing I never said was the one thing I said I'd never do is question a man's character. So you'll never hear mm. me say a man turned it down. Uh, he, he didn't want it. He was soft. Any of those things, because I can't tell I can't tell the intent of a man. But um, what I can do is in something I haven't studied since last year. I can tell you that a guy got three tip picks. I can tell you hey you know that. what's interesting hey you know what's interesting about that we had a guy who got like five sacks one year and mm -hmm. i could have got the sacks though like watching them live it was just completely just come off the edge nobody blocked him tackled a quarterback mm -hmm. blindside five sacks going into the next year it was like hey this is our guy like this is our guy that's going to create sacks and i'm like is he the i me and Vinatieri could have got those same sacks last year. Is this guy really the guy? Turned right. out he was good, but it wasn't like a game changer. So those stats can be a bit misleading whenever you diagnose a team. Yeah, and, it's, and, 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 and I want people to understand, I'm not saying I don't think Mika Fitzpatrick is a good football player. I've loved Mika Fitzpatrick's game since Alabama when he was the star uh, in an outside corner there to start, number one corner in the country, coming out of high school in New Jersey. Then he moved to safety, he had six picks his sophomore year. So – I'm a huge Mika Fitzpatrick fan, but what happens is, is like, like, see, that was never my game. Like, I wasn't, I, I didn't have to be the ball guy. I was the crush people, hey. and when Troy, when Troy does something stupid that doesn't work, 
fix it. Like that, that, that was hey, that there, was my job. Hey, there's a guy I hate, like you hate Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Uh, Troy, Who's Paul, that? Troy Paul Mall. Oh, I know. I love what you talk about. He's him. a bad guy. <laughs> He's a bad guy. Nobody talks about that. Bad guy. Everybody says uh-huh. how good of a football player he is. How you know how his family. He's a nice guy. Everybody says he's a nice guy. Kills dreams, too. Mm-hmm. No bad ever, person. Bad person. Yeah. Bad guy. I mean, I can't question his intent. Obviously, I don't know him that well, but I do know <laughs> that he stole my dreams. Uh, Ryan, will you talk about DB Precision a little bit? I've seen it pop up on my timeline. I'm a big fan of what you got cooking down there. Yeah, that's um. so when, when I retired, man, I, I, wanted, I always wanted to be a coach my entire life. That's what I wanted to do. When the Redskins cut me in year two, bro, I was working at LSU. People don't – I mean, not Redskins. I'm sorry. Football team at the time. It was them at the time. The Giants cut me, though, and I was working at LSU, man. I was a, like, Tiger Athletic Foundation fundraiser. I had gone up to Will Muschamp to be a grad assistant. I've always wanted to be a coach. Uh, Obviously, I was blessed to play a long time, but I wanted to pass on the knowledge. I wanted to coach guys and train guys, but I knew I I couldn't spend 24 hours in a building doing so. And I also knew I didn't want to listen to dudes who didn't play football tell me how to tell dudes who do play football how to play football. Yeah, So um, I I started training people, man. Uh, I I became a a partner in this um, facility called Traction Sports Performance in Louisiana. But I knew, like, I couldn't train a kicker. Like, I can't train Pat McAfee. Like, I can – Make sure you're conditioned, but I can't do those oh, things. It's gonna but be for tough, DBs, by the way. Man, I can, <laughs> for DBs, I can watch. I can watch their film. I can, you know, take them through the technique, through through the footwork. I can push them in the weight room. I can put them in positions in training that I understand you have to be able to deal with, and you have to be able to 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 finish through because I did it. And so, you know, when you have Tre'Davious White and Landon Collins and and Dante Jackson, Justin Reed, and when DeShazer Everett and when these dudes look at you and they feel like, nah, RC, I can't do it. Like, you just tell them, oh, I can't. Or there's times, Pat, where they think there are things they can't do, and I just go do them, you know, because mm. I've done it before. And so uh, what we have, man, is, is a, a, a training, a training. I just call it a family, that we all just start grinding, man. As soon as the off seasons are over, uh, we share information about film and teams that we're playing uh, through group chats, through, through group FaceTimes. Um, and so what I try to do now during this time is educate people on defensive back play. And, you know, whether it's a good player like Marlon Humphreys made some good plays searching the ball. Um, you know, we've seen different things throughout this year that I like to highlight. So I highlighted through DB precision because I want people to understand this is a place that you can go and be focused so, uh, purely on the position. And then in the off seasons, if you want to be trained in that way to understand and learn these things, you can do that as well. Well, maybe you can help out Phil Rivers so he stops throwing picks to defensive backs. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from ESPN Super Bowl champion and a man who was featured in Batman, congratulations on your... Oh. Pat, I didn't make it, bro. Never mind then. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen. I'm on the no. cutting room. Bro. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, right <laughs> It's on the thing. I, the that's thing. That's on me. Zito put that's it on, on there that you. No, Zito's right. I filmed. I woke yeah. up at 5 a.m. on an off day in training camp to go film it, bro. Oh. Oh. We're just trying to give him recognition, bro. For hey, they put me in the credits four hours, bro, and I stood next to Troy too because I was like, if they gonna put anybody in the movie, <laughs> they gonna put Troy in the movie. But clearly, dude who made the movie don't watch no dang football. He put, like, our contract guy in the movie. He made the freaking movie. Well, or maybe the guy that made the movie had a nephew or a son (laughs) that had their heart broken by Troy Palomalu. That could have been (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Clark. 
Uh, so sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that you should be sleeping on a mattress that is the most comfortable mattress you've ever laid your body on. That mattress shouldn't have to come from a mattress store where you got to go deal with a car salesman, basically, where you walk in, they go, what are you looking for today? And they got the inflatable, wacky, long arm, inflatable human at the mm -hmm. front, like come buy your mattress. And then you lay down in the mattress. They actually tell you to do that. And now that we know a little bit more about hygiene and the way the world operates, think about that was happening before quarantine. You lay down in a mattress that has just been out for probably a month or two. Mm. You're rolling around in other people's sweat, lice, hair, everything like that. And they say, oh, you're going to like this one. It's got a little less spring, a little bit more foam. And you lay down there and they're staring at you, sweating. And there's maybe a kid that you absolutely hate jumping on a bed next to it. And they say, are you comfortable in this one? And you say yes. And are you really comfortable? Or are you just saying that to get out of the situation that you're in that you absolutely hate? Uh, you're probably just saying that. Yeah, I agree. It's been really nice here for the last couple of years to be able to get our mattresses from a company that delivers the mattress to your doorstep in a box. Mm-hmm. Unboxing the mattress takes less than five minutes, and it's the most comfortable mattress you are laid on because they've done the research with humans to know what the body likes the most. Well said. So there's no more awkward lay-arounds. Mm -mm. There's no more awkward conversations around town. All it is is convenience and comfort to your doorstep. And that all comes to you from our friends at Lisa. Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com. Right now, you head there and you get up to $200 off the original mattress, $350 off the hybrid mattress, or even $500 off the Legend mattress, which is their biggest, baddest bed they've made yet. Jeez. It'll all come in a box to your doorstep. You unbox that thing in less than five minutes, and voila, you're laying in the most comfortable bed that you've ever had in your life, the most convenient bed you've ever had in your life, and the best deal had bed that you've ever had in your entire life. Right now, lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A.com, up to $200 off the original mattress, up to $350 off the hybrid mattress, and up to $500 off the Legend mattress. Get yourself a new bed today. Your body deserves it. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks to you. Back to the show. Joining us now is a man who's on a practice squad, I do believe, for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been in the NFL for 18 years. His NFL career can buy scratch-offs and other stuff. In Canada, I think he can go to the bar. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Josh McCown. Yeah, Josh! That hair. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Your hair right now, Josh. With the farm in the back, you look like this is out of a movie right now, Josh McCown. Perfect. That's what we were going for. What are you doing so, right now? What are you doing? You're coaching right now back in Texas? Is that what's going on? What's the life like? No, no, not coaching. Just uh, keeping the boys squared away. They're playing some ball. Um, and uh, just, just you know, supporting them. And obviously, you know, zooming in to, to meetings with Philly. Okay. And uh, trying to trying to keep keep that thing, you know, alive in the NFC East. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, but staying busy for sure. Okay, whenever the practice squad move was made, uh, I think I reached out to you and was like, hey, can we talk about this? You were like, we'll talk about it at some point. Well, how did this all come about with you going to the practice squad? They want you to still be a part of the operation because your wisdom is next level. That's why you're part of the Zoom call still. Are you almost like player coach Jackie Moon at this point? <laughs> or is it like, hey, if Carson goes down, we need a guy. We still want to be able to call you up at any moment. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put myself in the same category as Jackie Moon. Okay, it's smart. That, that's high praise. Yeah. However, um, you know, just just being another set of eyes for Cars as best I can, and um, and trying to help him. Uh, you know, we, we we just went through the tape a little while ago, 
um, watching the Steelers game and, and uh, you know, we're growing as an offense. There are good things happening. The coaches are doing a heck of a job. And so, uh, like I said, thank God we're in the NFC East. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, we're still alive and, and it's still very early. And, and, uh, and so things can come together. But I think that was the idea was just to, to continue to be a part of it, continue to be a voice for Carson and, uh, and try to help him. And also, obviously, stay ready um, during a global pandemic. You never know what could happen. Uh, and in the event that we were, you know, one quarterback was to get sick for whatever reason, God forbid, and then the other two, at least we would have somebody available. So I think it was all-encompassing in that regard. But I, I think more than anything, the main focus is being able to um, to uh, lend whatever, you know, hand I can from a, from a knowledge uh, standpoint and just share some experiences and hopefully – uh, give to the group that way. I was an NFL quarterback, obviously, perfect passer rating on Thanksgiving, but I don't have as much knowledge as other NFL quarterbacks. And every NFL quarterback that gets on television and talks, they said that Carson was basically forcing things early, it felt like, in this season. Felt like he was doing or trying to do too much. How do you talk to somebody that is in that middle of that? And is that how you saw the first couple weeks, potentially, where Carson wasn't playing his greatest football, as opposed to what we were used to seeing at the end of last year, where he put the entire team on his back, basically, and carried them right exactly i mean i think you know that's a work in progress obviously with the shortened off season and all those things uh and coming together with a bunch of young receivers uh there's going to be some some ups and downs and that's what i mean we got to kind of stay the course uh went through this similar last year where where we're fighting it out kind of up and down inconsistent and then down the stretch uh, played some some really high level football and, and Carson basically took us into the playoffs. So we're always chasing that consistency. I think that's the idea. And um, and I, I believe we'll get there. I believe that's coming. Um, you know, you've seen more and more uh, Fulgham making plays. Oh, yeah. Hightower's coming along. These young players, Greg Ward is continuing to, to be as consistent as ever uh, as he was down the stretch and then into this season. So, uh, you know, some of these guys get back. Rager, um, uh, Deshaun Jackson with some speed, and, and that'll continue to help our offense. But, um, but it's it's a, it's a long, you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And again, we're in the NFC East, so <laughs> we got that going for us. But, uh, but it, it, we're always chasing that that high level quarterback play, especially what we saw from Carson down the stretch for that, sure. That's a real thing with the NFC East because nobody's running away with it. So even if you don't get it figured out till week nine, you go on a little <laughs> bit of a run. You're still you're still in a good spot. Which by the way. That team that potentially wins, I don't know, eight games, nine games, maybe seven games and gets in the playoff, it doesn't matter when you get hot. It's just if you get hot. And if it happens in the playoffs, you can do absolutely anything. So maybe Eagles gloom and doom isn't the right time. There's been a guy that was drafted, obviously, in the second round of Philadelphia Eagles who's gotten some play time. Jalen Hurts is obviously in those quarterback zooms, I would assume. What have you learned about him? How is his relationship with Carson Wentz gone? It seems like Jalen is like the perfect guy to be there in that situation right now. Yeah, obviously a talented young dude um, that can that you know I, I believe will be at some point you know in his career be a be a, has a capacity to be a high level starter in the NFL just okay. from his skill set and his makeup uh, and he does a good job in the meetings just you know soaking it up taking it all in obviously not there on the you know on, in the day to day so it's it's hard to observe like how relationships unfold but. Um, but there seems to be some good, you know, conversation as far as the meetings are concerned. And, and uh, uh, you know, came in, I think, completed his first pass the other day in the game. So finding ways to get him on the field. There's obviously 
some juice when you when you see him touch the football, whether it's carrying it and obviously made a great throw the other day. Uh, so, uh, you know, at this point, it's always all, all hands on deck to, to move the football, to get the team in the end zone and to win football games. And I, and I know that Carson Wentz is for that. I know Jalen is for that. And, uh, and so I think the future is very bright for him um, long term, but in the immediate right now, uh, whatever he can do to help us win, I know he, he wants to do that, and that speaks to his character. So I'm glad he's a part of our team. Hell yeah, it's awesome. And everywhere he's gone, people love him. So it's nice to hear that happening inside the Eagles organization. And I apologize. When it, your haircut is just <laughs> flawless. <laughs> Maybe the best haircut I've ever seen at this point. You might Did you get that done immediately before the Zoom call that you are on before this conversation? No, it was, it was a, a few days. It, it takes, like, as you know, Mature. you know, as a fellow – you know, good haircut. There's there's a kind of an incubation period yeah. that, that words being thrown around here lately. But you know that you have to have a cut, and then you kind of let it kind of you know fresh cut is almost a little too too tight. So it's a couple of days after where you really feel start feeling really good about it, and that's where we are right now in this phase. Yeah, well, you should feel very good about it because that particular haircut there has matured in a beautiful fashion. I mean, just next level. What do you got, Tone? Josh, you're obviously on the board of trustees for the Journeyman Quarterback Club, but is Ryan Fitzpatrick the king of the Journeyman Football Club? Uh, yeah, I would, I would think so. Just you know, at least he would get my nomination. Um, okay, just because okay. Yeah. Uh, the body of work, the productivity, um, and you look at whatever situation he's in. He plays and he plays well and he has fun doing it. And, uh, and you know, we, we've kind of crossed paths. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't think we can, I don't think it's like universally possible to be on the same team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it just, it would, it's like crossing the streams and Ghostbusters. Like, just, like, the whole thing would, would fall apart. So, um, so we've never gotten to be teammates, but following him at the Jets and, in a few different places that we've, we've, you know, crossed over and everybody speaks so highly of him. Um, and, uh, he, he's a stud. I root for him every time he's on. I enjoy watching him play. I think he's an, you know, super, super smart dude, obviously at Harvard, but just on the football field and how he plays and, and, uh, and, you know, he's relentless. Like they, we went down there last year, obviously lost, a, lost a tough one to them. And he throws a pick like the first play of the game. And I remember telling people on the sideline, like, Hey, that stuff doesn't matter to Fitz. <laughs> Don't, like, this is that's the worst thing that could have happened to us. It's for him to throw an interception the first play of the game because he he has the best short term memory. He's going to keep spinning it, keep slinging it in there. So I'm a huge Fitz fan. Um, and if I'm on the board, he is he's the chairman. Uh, I will tell you this. I'm not sure if he has the best short-term memory after throwing interceptions because Phil Rivers is up there. I mean, that guy, I watching him play, (laughs) it is awesome to have that mentality. He is a shooter in basketball that'll miss 15 shots, but at the end of the game is waving his hands, yelling to get the ball back. He is going right back in there and doing the same exact thing, and I respect it. Gunslinger's gotten him a long way. I want to talk to you about last night. Did you watch last night's game between old Drew? Um, Texas guy, obviously, Drew Brees, obviously have a lot of respect for him but Justin Herbert he's got it right I mean that guy has got it and this sucks for Tyrod Taylor they put a golf tee in his lung punctured that thing he's out but Justin Herbert is the guy it feels like he has a great future if they can stay healthy ever which the Chargers never can yeah yeah first and foremost I'm a huge Tyrod Taylor fan us too um and hate that this has transpired the way it has uh definitely think 
Uh, hopefully he doesn't go through what Ryan and I have gone through, but definitely think he may be a future member of the Journeyman Club. <laughs> yeah. And rightfully so, and maybe may sitting on top of that list someday. He's a pro's pro and an absolute stud, so I want to give him his due because it's an unfortunate situation. That said, Justin Herbert, I think, is going to be a heck of a player. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was sitting there with my sons when we were watching the game last night, and he was like, Dad, you know, Dad, what do you think? And I was like, he kind of comps to me a little bit, like Carson Palmer-ish, but probably – a little bit more athletic, yeah. Um, but man, he can really spin it. And uh, and I was, you know, in Tampa with uh, with a coach named Marcus Arroyo, who's now the head coach at UNLV. But he worked at Oregon with with Justin, and two years ago was texting me about the kid and just telling me what what a study thought he was going to be. And so, um, so it's he's been impressive to watch. The ball jumps out of his hand. He's making good decisions. He can get the ball downfield. And I think the, the the Chargers are in a heck of a position moving forward with this young man because um, because when you have a guy that can not only win from the pocket, he's big, strong, you feel like you can stay healthy, but also athletic enough to make plays with his feet. The future is bright. Six foot six, two forty, Josh. <laughs> it's not fair. Not Ryan Clark was on in the last hour, and he said the only feeling he's ever had next to a quarterback like that was Cam Newton. He's like they exactly. just the physical presence of him, and he seems to have this poise that I almost judged him for whenever he was at Oregon because it almost felt like he didn't even know the moment that he was in. But I think he's always like that, and I think he's only going to get better. I like him more and more the more I see him. I just think he's going to be that guy. Absolutely, I, I think too. And like my buddy who had been in the league, Marcus had been in the league and then went down to college. I think a certain type of coach, once you've experienced the NFL, it's easier to project some of these kids in college where people may not have been as high on them, but then you go, when he gets in the league and he gets asked to make some of these NFL throws, the game is actually going to tailor better for him. And I think about like Dak Prescott coming out of Mississippi state, like the game favors them more because the hashes are closer. The arm strength can be showed off even more. So um, I think that's the case with Justin. I think, I think the NFL game was more tailored to his skill set, And so you know, with that said, I think you, you'll see more and more impressive things. I've just really been impressed with how well he's thrown the ball down the field. And then, like, the touchdown across the back of the end zone, just the short space accuracy that he's showing. Um, the kid can flick the ball, and uh, I think he's going to be fun to watch for a long time. Hey, he can spin it, can flick it. Hey, any any <laughs> other quarterback little you can drop in here, I do appreciate. Uh, you're down there in Texas, obviously big yep. Texas guy. Dak Prescott, you just mentioned how Mississippi State coming out of there, you thought the NFL would tailor to him a little bit better because he's got a strong arm. Uh, obviously, incredibly sad situation for Dak. He'll come back, hopefully 110%, even better than he was before. Hopefully, he'll get the long-term deal. Stephen Jones has come out and said, Dak is still our future. We're not going to say that. They've been saying that. They have not signed him to a deal. The business side of the NFL is an ugly one. But let's move past that because we do have a season to be played right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Is that not why, though, because of an incredibly unfortunate situation that happens to Dak, you bring in an Andy Dalton because he's been there, done that, and that's why you have a veteran backup quarterback whenever you need him? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure the, you know, that's been my career as a backup, obviously, and, and I think that's why you have insurance that you do in Andy, and I think it's a, it's a great situation. I do believe uh, if there's a silver lining in any of this and, and you know, thoughts and prayers for, for Dak and, and a speedy recovery – is is the value that you'll see that he has to the organization and if there was ever in a player that would m maybe gain more leverage by getting hurt it, it may be Dak you know because you're going to see and, and it's not a knock against Andy Andy's going to be a terrific player but it just the emotional leader that he is of that team 
and the emotional value that he brings to that team, uh, you know, you can't measure. And, and you really only get close to measuring it when something like this happens. And so hopefully the club looks at this and goes, wow, we can't, you know, we can't afford to lose this. And let's send a message to our team that when you go out there and you put, you put it on the line for us and something like this happens, we're not just going to kick you to the curb. We're going to actually do the right thing. And hopefully they'll get a long-term thing done. He can, you know, deal done, and he can move forward. But, um, but you're absolutely right. You have Andy Dalton there, who's won a ton of games in the NFL, who's played good football, came in, didn't miss a beat the other day in the game, got him down there, won the game. Uh, obviously, as a as a as an opponent in the NFC East, I don't like to see it. I do root for Andy um, because uh, he's a fellow Texan, and 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 uh, and I wish him the best. But uh, but yeah, it's it's why you have the backup quarterback. It's why you need it, and um, and you know, good for them for having that insurance policy. And hopefully, the things get done with Dak moving forward. They do right by Dak, and uh, and it, it it not only for their organization but for the league in general. It would just speak volumes to the own the the care from an ownership group of of what they really believe about players. Man, that would be really cool. I, everything you just said there sounds really cool, but boy, it feels like the business side of the NFL is normally ugly. I hope they pay Dak, though. I hope it happens because it'd be the right thing to do. And I apologize for asking you about an NFC East team because their failures are actually uh, really good news for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hopefully Andy Dalton, also a friend of the show, uh, just has a terrible year, but mm-hmm. you, know, you get it. Uh, uh, Ty, what do you got? Josh, Pat alluded to it earlier, how you're kind of a player coach this year. Given how much experience you have in the NFL is coaching something that you like coaching in the NFL is that something that you want to do moving forward or not really because you had such a long playing career no absolutely I mean I think that's um that's definitely something that uh is is in the you know in the forefront of my mind now at this point in my career um when I got it was never really a thought early in my career and then when I was out of the league coached high school football and then came back to the Bears and was, was playing for Lovey Smith. Uh, Rod Marinelli was our defensive coordinator. But Rod really started pulling me into this and talking to me about coaching and just uh, and, and would just leave me little notes in my locker or leave me little articles about about this kind of coach or that kind of coach and different things like that and just watching them, uh, how they taught and how they carried themselves with the team. And then, and then with Mark Tressman as well the year after, just watching how an offensive coach could go about that. Uh, it, it really started to t- kind of turn my heart to want to, you know, really think harder about that. And, and as my career has gone on, I did, that was in 2010. I thought I'd be done, <laughs> you know, and here we are 10 years later. But but as my career has gone on, I've definitely had a, more of a mind and a thought to it. And and, um, and so hopefully one day that'll be the case. Uh, we'll see. Um, but but I certainly I, I think now and I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity last year with Philly and even this year you know, to, to be able to spend time in a locker room, but maybe with your mind on what that might be like as a coach and the things that you want to prepare yourself for and, and the way that you want to help a team uh, and, and, and serve a team and lead a team, uh, I think it's been invaluable for me. And so, you know, we'll see one of these days, hopefully uh, I can, you know, I can make that transition and and, uh, and start serving in that role. You know, you're like an intern right now or like a GA kind of, you know what I mean? You're not running the cards, I guess, at practice, which I guess you haven't really earned your stripes completely, but there's a lot of coaching vacancies that are about to be up there. With that haircut, your Southern accent, you walk into a general manager's <laughs> office, I think there's a chance you get a gig, Josh. What do you got, Connor? Hey, Josh, you were on the Jets in 2018 when Sam Darnold first came into the league. Uh, what was it like uh, playing with him? What did you try and teach him? And do you see him having long-term success in the NFL? He's going to have, like, hey, that, that 
that's a big question right now and whether or not Sam it's, Darnold. It's a great question. Yeah. Listen, I absolutely believe in Sam Darnold 100%. Like, the dude can play. There are some things that need that, that no doubt need to be cleaned up. There are some decisions that need to be cleaned up um, that you're going to get with young playmakers. This happens. And, and, and you know, we ooh and all over some of the throws that he can make, and then he, does, and then he makes some bad decisions. And he's got he's to ring that in. That's what separates the really, really good players from, from the just average players is they have this ability to go, that's not the moment, that's not the time, and they eat the ball or they throw it away or whatever, and they live to fight another down. So, um, so I think that's the key for him. I think, you know, the consistency around him, too, is a big piece. Uh, there was so much from an offensive personnel standpoint that needed, needed help and, uh, and more playmakers, you know, strength up front, consistency up front. Those things needed to change, and I think Joe Douglas and them are on the right track. Makai Becton, I believe, is going to be a long-term starter at tackle for them. And uh, so the, the, the future moving forward can be good for Sam. I, I really do. I really believe in it. It's just getting the right people around him that can help him um, and, and surround him with you know more talent, continue to add talent, speed to that team. Um, they need speed, and, and, uh, and I think he's got a bright future. I really do because he's a sharp, sharp kid. Like This dude's smart, man. And he can he can execute an offense. He can digest any playbook you throw at him. And then what he what he can also do is the stuff you can't coach. And so I think if if you know continue to grow in the system, continue to learn the system, and uh, and improve, and I think he'll be just fine. You said they got to surround him with talent. They're allegedly trying to trade Le'Veon Bell right now that they just paid a year ago. Try to get him out of there. Who knows? They're a cluster of a, an organization at the moment. That's not for you to talk about because you're currently in the NFL. That is not your job. Hey, coach, <laughs> if you get a head coaching gig and you need a special teams coordinator, go ahead and give me a call, pal, will you? You're in. Well, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, no, what's that? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Because everywhere I see your face, there's a dollar sign behind you. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, legend, 18-year NFL quarterback, Josh McCown. Yeah! yeah! Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show today. Um, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is such a good day. I mean, just... I wake up and it's just, you know, the air is a little bit fresher. It almost feels like Fridays for me. I don't know why. It just does. Well, Friday in of itself is a celebration because freedom's on the other side. And mm -hmm. it does feel like Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is a celebration. It does. Wake up in the morning, and I'm not a coffee drinker, but I've been told by people that do drink coffee that on Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, coffee just tastes a little bit better. I don't doubt it. I normally drink uh, green tea. Mm -hmm. Green tea feels like it's got a little bit more caffeine in it on uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Yeah, it does. A little bit more chill to the sip. Mm -hmm. Hope you feel the exact same way. Also, shout out to RC and Josh McCown. Great conversation. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Big guest tomorrow. Jesus. Oh, my God. Monstrous. Monstrous. We'll have react to this Titans-Bills game. And more. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's continue to grow this show. It's growing. Even though we've gone to a daily show, which I thought would potentially go the opposite way, our show is growing. So we appreciate you so much for listening to Pat McAfee Show 2.0. If you would tell a friend to potentially download the show, we'd appreciate it mightily. Uh, Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. And after the independent music, if you are a big-time fan of the show, which if you're listening now probably means you are, mm -hmm. There is some controversy in the U-Ball world in our office, and it turns out a guy that I think everybody respected before this situation is an actual scumbag. Yeah, used to respect him.
you'll see. Tashmet, please play some independent music. And then, congratulations, you all get a, a chance, kind of a glimpse behind the curtain over here mm-hmm. at the office. Guy that everybody kind of respects. Showed an entirely different side of himself. Yep. It's still Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, but this is a bad thing to happen. It is. Hit the music. fucking breaking people's hearts that's so sad 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 broke my heart i mean not just yours zito shit i know mitt looks up to him 
And this guy's just spitting on your guys' fanhood. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it, but I just have to accept it, I guess. You do. <laughs> you know? Your fanhood was misguided whenever you were cheering for that fraud. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, had I known that the guy cheats all the time, you know, and he's out, you know, cruising around town, you know, being a jerk, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been a big fan of his. I mean, it's a clear advantage to have the light not in your path of your shot and you're shooting closer than everybody else. That is a double whammy of cheating in U-Ball. Yeah, and from the get-go, we have said, we, I just want the, the integrity of the game protected. And from where me and Diggs stand, can't we tell. can't see. You can't tell. So Nick takes it upon himself for the integrity of the game Yeah, and records it. And says, hey, I just want to know. Turns out he's probably been doing this since day one. We never knew about it. It's come to a head. Now he calls me Hitler. And that's just classic pawn the blame off on somebody else, even though I completely fucked up attitude. Well, it's his generation. You know, what do you expect? I thought he was above that. I thought he was better than that. Like I said, he was my favorite player. Here comes Nick. Like, it's almost like for – it's like for Nick – what was it inside of you that made you just go, you know what? Need to fucking keep an eye on a guy potentially jeopardizing the entire game. What you guys are saying right now, what you guys are spinning right now is unbelievable. The league's gotten soft. That's what I'm concerned about is the league getting soft. Just because you talk the loudest, bud. No. Is that you playing this music to try to fucking <laughs> derail the conversation? It's just a shame. Two against 11 and winning the belt is a good feeling. Foxy, all we're saying is it's okay to be wrong and get caught. But the longer you keep fighting this without just admitting that you're wrong, the bigger of a disappointment you are going to be, not only to the game, to your fans, but ultimately – Yourself and your family. See, the issue is, I've said it. I was on the line. Okay, that was a foul. That Way was a Tony toe tap foul. Tony actually invented the rule because he did it so much. Tony got no suspension. You guys wanted to suspend me for two games for going over the line from an unofficial ref, actually a cheerleader, actually a fan, actually a groupie, actually a guy that came out from your back pocket. Wow. See, so, this is – you think you're saying the right things here, but you're not. You're going the complete opposite directions. i got to stand up for the game. Ta Speaking of the game, Ty, what was the game founded upon? Integrity. Respect. That's why there was no officials, because we didn't need them. Because, because you th are the biggest part of the game. That's why it's called you ball. ball. The game was founded on democracy. You are the one that said that, Pat, and now it's turned into a full dictatorship because of your back pocket coming out with a new rule and coming out with 12 other human beings against me and Connor. So you just said it was a democracy. Then you say that there was 12 other humans at all and said that you were wrong. It's a unanimous vote, Fox. It, by the way, unanimous decision about a you-ball problem that involves you. How so can, how can, you are suspended. How can someone that was a part of the game decide the suspension? Also, that's how you, can... We decided suspension when I haven't even defended myself. You guys, uh, you decided it last yourself. night. 
There's no defense, dude. We have the vote, the photo, the video evidence. There's so no you guys wanted to suspend me for what was a five-yard penalty for two games? Okay, so shooting closer to the hoop and without any obstacles in your face for the entire existence of the game is a five-yard penalty? <laughs> you don't have proof that it was the entire existence of so the game. So that's what you're going on. We, yeah, you don't have proof. Because we didn't have officials because the game was founded upon you and your integrity. This is like a holding call in the NFL, all right? There's one on every single play. I'm sure you have done this foot foul. I, I would know never. for a fact Tony has done this foot foul. Diggs and I never. assume Connor has also done this foot foul. I would just assume so that for sure. It happens that mine was on film because you have cheerleaders and fans and groupies, and that is not fair to me and Connor's team. You're just getting worse. Connor's on our side, dude. No, he's not. How dare you question my integrity, <laughs> How dare you fucking do that? I had your back. I had your you back. What are you talking about? You How could you turn on me right now? I haven't stepped over shit. <laughs> you are in this bed all by yourself. Because you decided to throw your teammate under the bus to be on the sinking ship alongside no. your integrity that has completely been lost in this entire U-ball situation because you are disgusting. The game's changed. The game's changed. The game has turned into the PGA Tour when you got fat ass sitting on the sidelines and calling in penalties on Tiger Woods because he's the GOAT and no one likes him and that's me in this situation and Nick Moraldo is calling it in. All right. You said you're the go to this game? Yes. <laughs> and you know what the problem is? Is when you suspend me for something so unjust, the ratings are going to go down, and you know it. Ugh, fuck. Well, you're losing all your fans, pal, so the ratings, I mean, it's a moot point. I mean, I was maybe even going to come back on your train now. I hope you get a lifetime ban. <laughs> I really do. He's lying and I know most. And I, and I know most of the fans agree with me. I can't even imagine how Zito's taking this right now. Zito, is, Zito was, no. couldn't even talk earlier. Yeah. Zito had to put his chain inside of his shirt that he just got from college game day mm -hmm. because he didn't want any attention to be drawn to him because his soul was sucked out of his body when he found out that his, be, his favorite Stop. player, the man he had a poster of, no. Stress eating. <laughs> he, he was on a diet. Zito was your number one fan for since day one, and we all know. No. It was actually you. No. It was you this whole time. We actually questioned Zito being a member of the pub because he was going against me oh, and Connor. Wow. Oh, wow. The pub is also about integrity, we thought. Yeah. And you threw it away. You guys, I mean, this is just an unbelievable. This is an unbelievable suspension because I had no chance. I had no chance to defend myself. You guys made the decision last night, but you told me we would have a fair trial at the office this morning, and that did not happen. Well, it did, and then you started acting no. like a sanctimonious asshole. This in the is courtroom. a dictatorship. What did he say? And what guess he... who the leader of the dictator? He is? called me a. He called oh, me Hitler. Hitler in the middle of this court case while he was yelling in literally. Uh, what's that called whenever you act out in court? Contempt. Contempt of court started immediately. 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 There was no And you call. gave him multiple opportunities. Okay, hey, you want three? Oh, okay, you want four? Oh. Okay, you want five? <laughs> and we got all the way up to 24 games. <laughs> well, we can't let Hitler just walk all uh, over us because guess I'm what happens in the end I'm Hitler. not doing it. I'll do it. I will do it. I don't want to have to do it. 
But this is a democracy, and everybody said that if that happened again, have to do it. I'm not going to do a lifetime ban, but I'll tell you what, you're fucking close. <laughs> this is not a democracy, and that's the problem, and that's why I'm defending myself, because you've turned it into a dictatorship, and you've ruined the game. Okay, so Zito just came in and said he was against He's you. He's a member of the dictatorship under your little fucking wing. That's not how a dictatorship works, but I understand what you're saying. Nick, <laughs> Nick came out against you first, by the way. Ty said you were his favorite player. No, I mean against you. You just named three cheerleaders for the Pat no, and Diggs team. No, you named no, three no. groupies right, for the Pat and Diggs team. Okay, so let's let's say your teammate. You heard what Connor just did. Connor just came in and said you ruined the integrity of the fucking game. Connor was mad because I questioned his foot foulness because I was saying all of us have probably done it at some point. All of us have earned a five yard penalty. Yeah, but and you guys want to spend us it for two games. Foxy, all of us haven't because the game was founded on integrity. You are the only one that has. So now you're trying to throw Connor into your cesspool of disgusting uh, respect for the game of you ball in the league. Has Tone Diggs, Tony Toe Taps. Ever had a foot foul? No. Has Tone no. Diggs? Yeah, he actually invented the toe rule because of this. Oh, so and, it was a rule already? And how do uh, you guys no, suspend? Because him? you said that it wasn't. You didn't. No, I know it's a rule. See, Tony was. Going, oh, oh, so you God. knowingly said, cheated? No, I didn't. You know knowingly cheated. cheated. I was on the side of the no, football rule, which worse. I was unaware of. The league's better without you in it, bub. No, I mean, just wait till those ratings go down. You just wait until those ratings go down. If you think we're worried about ratings, you're out of your goddamn mind. That's well, right. you should be. You should be one of the league's greatest. You just suspended for 24 games for a five-yard penalty. One of the league's greatest? Is one that of the you? league's greatest. Did you just call yourself the Mount Rushmore? I don't say evil? it. Other people say it. I the think fans what, say it. I think it. what he's forgetting is this. The, 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 the infraction itself warranted the two-game suspension. No, Bingo. it did the, not. The now, That's what I'm here for. But the problem is that the reaction, and Still we'll call it the, it the misconduct, Bingo. is what's leading to the expansion of it. It's like being called for a penalty and telling the referee to go fuck his mother. Picking up the flag, throwing, throwing it at the ref. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> telling the ref that the imagine, ref is a fanboy of the other team. What, yeah. Imagine there what would no happen. In the game. Yeah, but let, let's, take it to, let's take it to the NFL. Let's say, let's say Roger Goodell says, you know what, hey, you uh, violation of the league's substance abuse policy. Oh, I'm going to suspend oh. you for for three games. No, just, just you did much worse than that, oh, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And this is say, much worse oh, than what yeah. Sammy Sosa and all of them did. <laughs> and by and the you way, you say you know what, Roger Goodell, you're fucking Hitler. Bingo. Roger Goodell says, you know what, that one game, two game suspension. Make it a lifetime ban. Get the fuck out it's, of our league. It's, yeah. it's the reaction, Pat. It's unbecoming no. of anybody that's part of the U-Ball league. It's, it's the reaction and it's the conduct. And that's the thing. You know because you respect U-Ball, which the most important part of U-Ball yeah. is respect. you. It's, yeah, it's and, you. And respect. And respect. Yeah. What we're forgetting about is first, I got two things here. First off, there has never been a ref in U-Ball history. And then your guys' fanboy, your guys' groupie, Nick Morado, takes one photo and you decide, oh, yeah, he's a ref. He's unbiased. And number two, what did your partner – Tone Diggs say about my case this morning. What yeah, did he say? That wasn't Tone Diggs. Yeah, it was. No. Who was That it? was classic office tone trying yeah. to make somebody feel good. What did he say? Because he's, he's a good guy. He's Which said, is what you ball I think what Evan yeah. did was good not guys. that bad because I will probably do it again in the future. That's what Tone Diggs said. That's not what he said. 
But it's it's the reaction. That's the key part that you're missing. It's the yeah, reaction. He's a fucking if child. I don't stand up for this two game suspension, you guys are just gonna feed me suspensions two games. for the rest of the. It's just not fair. Two games. Disrespecting that. Thank game. you. So Diggs, that is what he that said. is not what Diggs said. That is what he said. I sat there and I listened to a lot of bullshit coming out of this fucking kid's mouth. Yeah, you're. How Whoa. disrespectful is he oh, to you, you to and him? you, Ball? Well. You just said that I said that I would do that in the future, and you also said that I did in the past. None of those things happened. Oh that, that was a fucking God. goddamn lie. Bingo. Thank you. I said I would probably do something questionable in the future. I didn't say step over the line because that is something I would never do, and I thought oh. some, something that no one would ever do. Ever. So what? You get a closer shot, and you get out of the way of the obstacles, and you don't think that's cheating? What does this even think? What does this guy think? I fucking gave this guy an olive branch this morning, and he just threw it in my Because face. he knows I didn't do anything wrong. He don't said, know. I don't like Italians or olives. Take this branch and shove it well here's the thing foxy i i just did it this morning because i like playing you ball and i didn't want to jeopardize the game yeah you knew the ratings would go down by the way we are suspended me we are losing we are losing one of the greats but it's by their own doing let's keep in mind by the way that that shot was a miss all right i missed that shot and actually gave you guys a point and you you guys still lost the game for the belt so i have the belt and i'm suspended for 24 games with the belt so you guys will not get the belt for another 24 games a new u-ball record i am the u-ball champion i've been saying it for weeks that you take every single shot like that so it wasn't just one shot. yeah and that's not true at all you are not the champion you actually yeah, lost no. the next game and by t- since, and look, what the fuck about me dude you see can't that fucking teammate. see that <laughs> you can't you are the problem yeah you can't hold a tight you can't hold a title while it's in suspension well, oh, another rule out of the back pocket it no, doesn't even matter that's another. life by the way what you're saying is right and yeah. we will carry that into the u-ball's future the, he's not the champion yeah, going the, into the, the, the title therefore i held. have the belt you don't have the belt. You ball rules state you have to win two games to win the belt. I have the belt. I can't play for 24 games, so that means I got the belt for another 24 oh, games. Oh, now you're a stickler for the rules all of a sudden. Uh, uh, you're uh, a fucking uh, rules expert. And now we got... Pat, I need to find out where you get your pants. Your back pocket as, is no, the no, biggest no. back no. pocket in the history of back pockets because you fit all these new rules in it and you fit 12 guys from this office in that back pocket. Allow it's me, unbelievable. Allow me to say, as someone who knows very well the rules when it comes to belts and titles and changing hands. Bingo. Mm-hmm. If you can't defend the title within a certain point because of suspension, you're stripped. Agreed. Therefore, Doesn't matter, though. He's not the champion the title, going into the suspension. Title, therefore, the U-ball titles are now held in what's called abeyance. That is not true. We, <laughs> me and Diggs are the no, champions. You gotta win twice. That was the number one rule. You win twice. You win the belt. You not haven't true. done that. You won one game. Oh, you will you shut up? You Bingo, never thank you. Oh, we got the cheerleader. Aggrandizing piece of shit. Come in here Give me a P. and just Give me an spew a. fucking nonsense for an hour. Let's no one in their right mind would listen to you and Come think, on. yeah, that guy's right. That guy's making sense. You're, you're, what, are you, what are you on drugs? Do we need to get you drug tested too? Is, Is that, that a part of the league? Thing? No, we can take drugs he, before the game. He, I've seen it before. If he fails the drug test. <laughs> drugs are a part of the game. <laughs> Gee, this, this league. This league. God. Anyways, you need a referee jersey because for the next 24 games, you have to ref so you will officially learn the goddamn rules. Mm-hmm. And then when you come okay. back, I assume Connor will already have a new partner. You'll probably have to get a new partner, too. This is potentially damning for your team, which was potentially the number one contenders for the championship that me and Diggs have held for a majority of the U-Ball's existence and currently at the moment right now. So that's tough for you. Good day, sir. Nice talking to you. Can we make one deal? Let's make a deal, all right? I will serve... A two-game suspension not a for deal. my heinous actions 
after the foot foul because I've been acting a little bit heinous. I will serve a two-game suspension with refereeing. Foxy, the heinous if you want me to are what caused to ref 24 games, games on you're the out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I will not be refing 24 games. I will ref two games. Suspension will be over. And then you'll get a chance to win the belt back. So you just said this is a democracy, and now you're trying to make your own rules about it's, yourself. It's like this guy. He's like Antonio Brown. He just comes out and says all the these shots at Commissioner the and, and Goodell and the NFL. And then, oh, well, this week I want to come back and I want to play. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. You guys are criminals. You're Hitler. Uh, uh, but I want to come back and I want to yeah. play. Please, can I just serve Foxy, you stink. And I have to read these ads. So you're out for 24 games, buddy. Got to ref all 24 Man. of them. Never get to play U-ball again. Imagine what that's going to do to his legacy. Imagine what it's going to do to the ratings. No, but you got to think about. of this positively. Imagine what this is going to do for your moral, your moral compass and your integrity. Bingo. Take these 24 games to learn about you. Let's learn. Because U-ball's most important part is you. you.